Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? What are you? An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich what? An idiot sandwich, Chef Ramsay. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? Congratulations, you're a meathead, son. But you know what? Don't ever put your hands on my underwear. This is the lamb. Where's the lamb? Yeah, I mean, you really don't make friends around here, do you? I, I didn't come here for that. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Snap Back to Reality, the podcast where we revisit the trash TV we grew up with and love to hate. I'm your host, Riley Ennis, and this is episode 67. And joining me, I once again have my very dear friend, Kelsey, Kelsey McBelsey of the McBelsey clan is here. Hello. Hi, I was so close to being episode 69. I'm bummed. Oh, I'm so sorry. We should have waited for that. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even realize my deepest apologies. I guess I'll have to have you back on in two episodes. I guess so. (laughs) I don't even have anything planned for that. Oh, maybe (gasps) I'm going to do a shot of love with Tila Tequila for episode 69. That's so good. Oh, oh, got the dog excited. I'm sorry. You told me not to get too excited, but that was like a really exciting announcement. I love that Okay. Show. Yeah, that's, well, I might have you back in two episodes then. Why not? It's my podcast. I can do what I want. People love me, I'm sure. Okay. So, um, Kelsey, welcome back. You previously were on two episodes. You were on Bad Girls Club and Catfish, right? Those were the two that we did? Yes. Okay, so this is your third time. You might be the first third timer I have on my podcast. And definitely going to be the first fourth timer. I love it. Um, So that's very exciting. So we've run through your whole spiel. People know who you are, but we can go over it again if we want to. Up to you. Well, we'll get into it in a second because I did, I usually don't do housekeeping like announcements on guest episodes, but I do want to touch on a few things I think are important before we go into our uh, actual episode of the week. Um, so I want, so I'm still doing my like donate to different causes monthly based on my play count and for my September donations, I have not checked my play count yet. So they're going to be beefy, which is great. I'm fine with that. Uh, so I'm going to do that. I'll announce that next episode, but I will say that October's plays are going to be honor of abortion funds and doulas. Um, so Kelsey, I think, uh, I will specifically do La Frontera Fund, which you recommended because they serve women in the Rio Grande Valley, Valley, Valley. <laughs> um, and then there's a local doula, Best of Both Worlds, and I will uh, support her as well. Oh, awesome. I actually just recently started following her on Insta from the TAC account, and she seems cool as hell, so that's exciting. Yeah, she's really awesome, and she says that she also, like, quarterly donates to different causes, so, you know, we might just be, like, passing along, like, whatever, wherever it needs to go. Nice. Um, And then another thing I wanted to update everyone. uh, So in my last episode on Pretty Wild, I was like standing pretty hard for Alexis Nyers. I do want to update everyone that I can no longer stand her. I listened to a few more episodes. I was kind of like, okay, I'm getting less impressed with the more that I hear her talk. Um, But as of today, this is breaking news, Kelsey. uh, Her episode with Caroline Calloway came out. Oh, what? I'm gonna have to listen to that, but also, (laughs) I cannot fucking listen to Caroline talk for however long it's going to be, but I already read like the Reddit thread. Um, and there is plenty of recapping going on there. And it basically just sounds like she let Caroline get away with being a victim and you know, you know, whatever. So I, I can't, can no longer stand. Uh, so that's just the update that I did want to, to give so that people don't, you know, if, especially if she says something like really horrible in like a couple of years and she's like, I'm super anti-vax, like 100%. Right. I, yeah. I also think the earth is flat or some shit. And I don't, I do not want to have that on the record that I am officially a stan. 
So I am create distance. Do not put anyone on a pedestal. I don't, I don't put anyone, celebrities, politicians. It's not a good idea. That's true. Good advice. Okay. So that was all the housekeeping. So very excited. We are going to get into finally a reality TV fan favorite and maybe truly the, the actual genesis of this podcast. We're going to be talking about teen mom, specifically teen mom too, because that's obviously the better um, series, but we'll, I'll do Teen Mom eventually. Uh, but yeah, we're going to start with the good one. We're going to do Teen Mom too. And so Teen Mom, for me personally, just, ha- there's so much, there's so many layers to it because it was something that I watched. I definitely watched season one because going back and rewatching this first season, I was like, I 100% remember this. Um, it came out right as I was like about to graduate high school, like my senior year, the end of my senior year of high school. And that was definitely in a time when I was like, not, did not want to be interested in teen mom and thought I was too good for it, but like was so compelled by it. And then of course, like I've talked about this so many times, like a few years ago, I started listening to the various teen mom recap podcasts and got like obsessed with them. Like Amanda loves hate teen mom and feathers in my hair. Uh, and so now I feel like I know everything about the teen moms, but I do not like fall, like I'd never watched the show. I don't keep up with it. And I never went back and watched the seasons that I missed, which maybe I'll do eventually. Um, so it's like, it's a weird place to be to talk about teen mom, but I'm very, I'm very excited to be here. Same. So I, um, I was, I feel like I had a similar attitude about teen mom Mm -hmm. when I first started watching it, but I also started watching it after it had already been on. I Wait, think I said, hang on. Before we go into this too much, I'm so sorry for interrupting you. Yeah. I, we, I said, oh, you know, we, we don't need to introduce Kelsey, but maybe we really should introduce you, like, in what you do, because oh, I feel like that's yeah. actually a really important groundwork for, like, this episode specifically. So if you haven't okay. listened to the other episodes with Kelsey, so Kelsey, tell us about, like, what, what you do. <laughs> yeah, so I'm the abortion lady. Um, I, yeah, I do, um, full-time, I work with an abortion fund called the Yellowhammer Fund, uh, based out of Alabama, working in the Deep South to secure abortion access to folks who need help paying for their services, and also need help um, figuring out, like, hotel stays, or just, like, getting their gas money covered, because Alabama is a state that is under-resourced, heavily attacked by legislation, and a lot of folks live in rural communities and have to travel, you know, one to two to three hours to get to the nearest clinic. So uh, I spend my time every day speaking with people who are really not going to be able to have an abortion unless they get um, some financial support from us or someone else. And Mm -hmm. so um, we help connect them with resources that we have, connect them with other resources that we know about. And our fund is um, doing a lot of work in both family and social justice, um, making sure that folks have um, secure housing before, during, and after their appointments, um, connecting folks with food and um, education resources for their kids, especially during COVID when um, a lot of the things that people depended on, like public schools and um, free lunch and free breakfast through those public schools have been kind of diminished. Mm -hmm. So um, that's what I do during my day. Um, I also help coordinate the clinic escorts, uh, the, one of the places that Riley volunteers. Mm-hmm. I definitely talked about that many times. How we know each other. And um, I just kind of help out wherever folks need help accessing an abortion or fighting to keep abortion rights legal or advocating against a bad law. Um, or fighting strangers in Facebook comments. 
fighting strangers in Facebook comments, one of my specialties. Um, if you're local to North Carolina, you might see Kelsey in the Facebook comments of our local news stations. Just be on the lookout for Kelsey McBelsey. It's always <laughs> quality. Um, <laughs> she says confidently. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what I do. That's who I am. Okay, so I feel like that, in case you weren't aware, that's like an important groundwork for like what your background is going into, one, just like your background in teen mom in general and like what your thoughts are when you were watching it originally and what your thoughts are now, like having yeah. so much time pass and the work that you do. Um, and then, you know, just like what we think about what would be good for these women in general. <laughs> Right, right. So, okay. So what was your background with watching Teen Mom? Yeah. So I got, I think I got interested in it around season, maybe three or four of Teen Mom 2. And I definitely think Teen Mom 2 is the one I originally got interested in just because the cast of characters, there's a lot of drama there yeah. um, and was much appreciated. Um, I did a lot of watching Teen Mom at my old job that I worked at an unnamed university where I wasted a lot of time because I had no work to do. Um, so I watched quite a bit um, on TV with a friend who was also actively pregnant at the time during many of the episodes. So that was pretty fun. And um, yeah, I've just, I quickly grew to be a fan. I developed very intense opinions about the different women on the show and their lives and the choices they were making in their lives as one does when they watch reality TV. And um, quickly started, you know, becoming obsessed with the news surrounding these people and how incredibly prominent they were in pop mm -hmm. culture and That's all of that. interesting to me because I was watching it. I watched season one. And so that was like, you know, before they were famous and before there was this like meta show going on with like the social media and the, in the news. And I remember like after watching that first season and no longer being interested I was working at CVS at that time and I was like you know this is like right at the end of my high school years um and I would see like the in style lifestyle whatever magazines like Leah and Corey I remember were on the cover for the, their wedding and that was like one of the first big things and I was just like oh okay like these teen mom people but I'm not even sure if I watched like the whole season all the way through I think I just like maybe just watched it whenever it was on so I was just like, oh, yeah, I recognize them. But you were watching it when it was like, especially because that was would have been, was that when Leah was in her drug addiction? Because I remember seeing a news story for that years later and being right. like, oh, my God, like, what happened? Yeah, I think that was um, one of the things that pulled me in was like Leah's drug problems, Janelle's, and I'm sure we'll talk about all of this, you know, in the after. But <laughs> Janelle's just everything. Mm -hmm. Janelle's literal everything. Um Chelsea's nothing because Chelsea's boring. Yeah, I'm okay. um, boring. And then just like the constant bad choices that Kale was making in her life. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I love it. Love every bit of it. Okay. So let's get into the background of the show. So it premiered January 11th, 2011, and is still airing, which it's not. They should just like kill the show because it's not very good. Again, as someone who doesn't watch it, and I just listened to like episode recaps on like Teen Mom podcasts and like cancel it, even though I love right. these podcasts and I would never want them to end. Um, this was really funny and interesting to me. So I was like, January 11th, 2011. I remember I was like, was this during the great snowpocalypse of South Carolina in 2011? Oh. And it was. I looked that shit up because I knew that I had a Facebook profile picture from that week when I got like snowed in at my friend's house for a week. 
Um, and I, my profile picture was from January 10th, 2011. So this definitely came out the same uh, week. And so I'm pretty sure I was stuck at home or like stuck at Kayla's house and we couldn't go anywhere and probably had run out of shit to do. And that's probably why we were watching Teen Mom 2, which we normally wouldn't have watched. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So um, I'm very impressed with my detective work on that, which I just thought was interesting. Uh, so the show, we you mentioned their names already, but it features Janelle Evans, Chelsea Huska, Kaylin Lowry, and Leah Messer. Uh, they were on the second season of 16 and Pregnant, and it follows their lives as they navigate their first year of motherhood and then beyond, obviously, since it's still airing. Um, so then in June 2017, former Teen Mom 3 and 16 and Pregnant season 4 star Brianna DeJesus joined the cast of Teen Mom 2. So there's also Teen Mom 3. Obviously, there was Teen Mom, the original. Um, also in May 2019, following Janelle getting fired from the show, which we'll definitely get into, <laughs> it was announced that Jade Klein, who was on Teen Mom Young and Pregnant, would join the cast. Um, also, initially the producers are unseen on the show and they have to do like the very staged reality TV where they set them up with like a couple of their friends and the producers are off screen saying like, okay, ask them about the custody agreement and ask them about your ex-boyfriend. And then they're like, so what do you, have you seen him around lately? That kind of thing. Uh, right. <laughs> eventually they broke the fourth wall as Liz Bentley says in her podcast, and they began talking directly to the castmates on camera, which I think is really interesting. The fact that they would do that and like they would keep, like they would keep the show going, but they would, you know, decide to like make it so obvious that it's a reality show and not keep mm -hmm. the original format. Well, and I think also, I just like the producers and everyone, they do get to be, they have these weird relationships with the cast because mm -hmm. they're around them so much. And so maybe it's just not even a conscious choice but something that evolves out of just how hard it is to edit when there's so much interaction between those people and like you know there's serious plot lines that have developed around this may have all been motivated by Farah because I feel like Farah was the first one that brought the producers into the whole issue like mm -hmm. during her filming she was like actively bitching about producers and you know making a scene and being a difficult asshole so like they had to, they were like oh well we're we're gonna break the fourth wall for Farah why don't we break it for the rest of the cast members because mm -hmm. like that you know polls well or whatever like I don't know what the deal is but I wonder if it was just because Farrah was being an asshole and that's why they broke that fourth wall. Yeah, because I think I heard that they did it for Teen Mom OG whenever they brought back the original Teen Mom. Like that's when they first started breaking the fourth wall and then eventually they kind of just did it on Teen Mom too, but it wasn't at the same time necessarily. Makes sense. Um, just a little background info that I found. There was a notorious AMA from a camera operator on Reddit uh, that has since been deleted, and I remember reading it years ago before it was deleted, and um, a couple of the things that either I found on the um, Reddit comments, just like other people reiterating, or what I remember, he said that Leah was the dirtiest of all the moms, and the babies would be like crawling around her trailer, eating cheese puffs that were like ground into the carpet, um, <laughs> which is horrible, but I can definitely <laughs> see that. <laughs> oh, Leah. Uh, and then, of course, they say that, like, the crew doesn't intervene when the moms make controversial choices, like drinking around the kids or spanking the kids. Um, but, like, if there was ever direct child endangerment, they would call the police. But who knows if they've ever done that? Right. Yeah, I, um, 
would definitely think there's been times that like a kid has wandered outside or, you know, been unsupervised or, you know, David shot a dog in front of a child that, um, well, I don't know if the people were around at that point. Cause they were just like, we're not going to be around Janelle and David anymore. Cause again, David's scary. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, and then, okay, I, we kind of touched on this, but the original Teen Mom went on a break after 2012's fourth season because, I didn't know this, this is interesting, originally MTV had planned it in the series when they turned 20 and they weren't Teen Moms anymore. Oh, that's interesting that, that and also shitty. Sense, which, but it's just like also funny because now they've leaned so hard in the opposite of direction, which is we're, we're never going to kill this show. <laughs> To the point of like on Teen Mom OG, they're like, we'll cast whoever. Bristol Palin was a Teen Mom. <laughs> That's so true. I forgot about that. Cheyenne, who like wasn't even on te- Sixteen and Pregnant or Teen Mom and didn't have a baby in her teens, they're like, what? She was a young mother. We'll throw her on Teen Mom OG, original yes. gang or whatever. Yeah, I. Like, you know- I can't stand behind that. But as someone who's also never, literally, never watched Teen Mom, I feel like I don't have a say but also it really deeply bothers me. Well, so I honestly lost interest with the show the second they added Brianna. Like I was like, well, it's not the show anymore. Like Mm -hmm. it's different. She's getting too much screen time. Like I'm sure her story is very compelling to people and I get it. And I know she's like drama city and I wish I cared because when I I listened to Liz's podcast as well, every time she talks about it, I'm like, well, that's compelling. But I, I just could, I, you can't force I mean, me to I care. don't have any care to watch yeah. the show, and I'll just listen to the episode recaps for the rest of its life. Same. Solidly same. All right. So that's basically all for the background of the show itself. So going into this, we are going to be recapping season one, episode 10. Originally, we were thinking about recapping the season finale because you said that you wanted to talk about Janelle getting arrested. Yes. But we can definitely talk about that because they go to his house. So we'll like bring that up. But all of that drama happens off screen. And so this, this episode has a lot of drama that happens and most of it's on screen too. So that's all very good and interesting to talk about. All right. So this is called Two Steps Forward. They always have the episode titles just have like the weirdest, most random names. It's just for whatever reason. I think it's the same person who uh, picks the little, like, weird, creepy, like, scrapbook. Oh, like, yeah. The whatever graphics. drawings, the graphics that happen. It's just as random and weird, so same I person. never pay attention to those. I was like, yeah. should I recap what's happening in the drawings? I was like, let's not. I'm already, I already have to take 12 pages of notes by the time this is done. I, I take so many notes and I never use them all. Oh. But I can't trim them down because this is who I am. Okay, so we'll go over the previously on because that sets up the rest of the season well. So on Leah's story, um, Allie had her MRI because her daughter Allie, one of the twins, uh, has been having problems with her development. And then they told her that the MRI looks pretty good, but she should probably see a geneticist. Um, And then Leah and Corey got engaged. So their whole storyline, God bless these poor, poor star-crossed idiot lovers i know it's very tragic and it's very remember... romeo and juliet showing up at the wrong time and killing themselves like for no reason exactly and it, th- that's my thought like i remember watching them in future seasons i was just like if you two could just like chill the fuck out and love each other which you clearly both do like you'd be fine but like they just 
they don't know how to communicate. So yeah. many people just don't know how to communicate with each other. Yeah. Everyone just like needs to like go to therapy. Really, truthfully. Um, in Chelsea's boring ass storyline, her and Adam broke up because he treats her like shit. Yes. Sh- he literally soccer. was like, I cheated on you five times or like with five different girls. And he was, she was just like, Adam, that's not nice. Yeah, once again, Adam disappoints Chelsea, which I think it's a recycle. The next episode, Adam will be thrilling Chelsea and back in the picture, and then he'll do something heinous and they'll break up again. Mm-hmm. And so on and so forth until she yeah. eventually meets her husband. Yes. Um, Janelle, in her storyline, she and Kiefer have decided to drive on a whim, on a spontaneous whim up to New Jersey so that Kiefer can go visit his family. And one of her most amazing decisions that she's ever made. Um, I think in general, I love how little Janelle understands about just how everything works and how much it bites her in the ass all the time. <laughs> um, and then Kale, uh, Kale said that, she, uh, oh, Kale finally told Joe that she was dating someone else. And then of course he kicked her out of his house, which he said was going to happen. And all, Joe's parents, who so kindly had let, been letting her live in their house even after they broke up, was like, we just don't want you dating someone else. And so she secretly did and then decided to tell them. So she got kicked out. Um, well, and didn't she have Joe drive her to, like, meet up with Jordan, like, earlier on in the season? Like, I feel like she did some kind of shady shit like that. Like, yeah. And I'm even, sure she was cheating on him and he was cheating on her because right. that's, like, always what comes out later with her. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's some shady shit. Uh, just like, so, I mean, I feel like his parents did not ask for much. And that does make sense. It's like in the first year of your baby's life while you're living in our house, don't date someone else. Yeah. Can you not? <laughs> and then uh, he told her that she can't get her stuff until he gets his money paid back from what he lent her for the college. Dear God, all of the financial aid storylines were so, they were just too much. Because I was like, this close is to home. too real for me. Janelle's fucking FAFSA storyline where she needed her mom to sign off on the Parent Plus loan. That what They didn't say that's what it was, but that's what it was. I fucking know because I work this shit. <laughs> so she needed her mom to sign her FAFSA or she needed her to sign the Plus loan and get declined because her, her, Barbara probably doesn't have the greatest credit. Right. <laughs> and then Janelle could get more loans in her own name. But it's just like also when Janelle was like, when the, the financial aid officer was like, oh, do you, does your mom have custody? I'm like, Janelle, just stay off the custody. Just stay off the custody. Just take care of it, Janelle. But no. Again, Janelle does not know how to do anything. Well, no one understands. Anything works. No one understands how financial aid works. It's true. <laughs> I don't even, I'm not even sure I fully understand it. And I've been doing this for over a year now. True. Um, okay. So that is basically the recap of everyone. So I'm going to do it like all the teen mom all the cool teen mom podcasters do. And I'm just going to go girl by girl. Okay. Um, and I'm just going to go in the order of how they came up on screen first. And that's right. for you. Yeah, sure. All right. So we open with Kale. Um, so it opens on her community college, which I thought was interesting. You see the name of Kale's community college, but Janelle's is blurred out. That is interesting. Just um, something I, I just noticed. I thought that was interesting. I wonder if North Carolina knew, like, like if her reputation shit. preceded her. <laughs> I think it's Brunswick County, because I'm pretty sure I saw that on the side of the jail. That, no, because she lives out in Wilmington. She lives, on, she lives in Oak Island in yeah, the beginning yeah, of the season. Her and Kiefer right. try to move to Wilmington, but can't find a place to stay. And I don't know where Mike's family's beach house is. That's just somewhere on the beach. Yeah. I don't know exactly what county all of that is in. I don't, I've never been on that side of North Carolina. 
Um, so it opens on Kale's Community College, and she says in her little voiceover that she can't focus on school because she's stressed because Joe kicked her out and she can't get her stuff because she owes him money. Um, so she sits down with some friends at a picnic table because the producers need her to talk about her, her storyline. Um, and her right. friends ask her what's going on, basically. And she says that she's going to stay with her mom, but she's worried because they always fight. So this is something that I was like, really was interesting and surprising to me as someone who like, again, didn't watch any of the later seasons of Teen And I just like pick up on like what people are saying about it. But my understanding is that Kale and her mom like do not have a relationship, like have not spoken in years. Um, her mom is like really supportive and like very present this first season. I think Kale's mom, from what I understand, had like a vicious pattern of like being aggressive. supportive and then yeah. dropping and then them out of their life. Boy, I think it was always related to a man that the mm. mom was dating because like later on, like Kale's talking about, you know, how, you know, she has to move out because of the mom's boyfriend. Mm, okay. And so, yeah. I think that's been a constant in her life is like her mom not being there for her when there's a man involved. And I remember there being some fights where that's like brought up. Yeah, and I mean, I don't want to, like, yeah, like, cape for Kale's mom, because I know she's no angel, and I know, like, even in the 16 and pregnant, like, obviously, she was living at Joe's house for a reason, and her mom was like, oh, well, absence makes the heart grow fonder, so let me go. That was, like, shown in, like, the beginning, like, episode one recap of, like, the girl's oh, 16 right. and pregnants. So, like, I don't want to, like, yeah, Susie is not the greatest, but I was just like, well, her mom is not horrible in this first season. She's actually quite supportive in, like, all of the scenes that they're in together. It's very and, sad that she couldn't maintain that support throughout Kale's life. Right. No, that's true. And I wonder if it was maybe just because she was so aware of the cameras mm -hmm. at that point and like the edit that she had gotten from 16 and Pregnant. Mm -hmm. So she was like, let me, you know, be the supportive mother that I know I should be. But yeah. Yeah, that can I, only yeah. last so long. Um, so Kale says she's just like mostly happy and relieved that she doesn't have to sneak around with Jordan anymore, which I feel like now she's immediately like not attracted to him. Like she says that, but I feel like all of the, the glamour for her was in the sneaking around because she doesn't really get into it too much this episode, but I noticed in all of the other episodes, she's like mean to him. Like all of her conversations with him are like putting him down, like in a joking way. And you know, he just like, lets it like roll off like a duck's back, but it's, like one of those things where I'm like, if you were had like years of this in a relationship, that would like really break you down. That's also who she is to all of her people. So horrible. I don't like how yeah, Kale flirts. Yeah. It makes me so uncomfortable. These horrible communication styles. Yeah, not good. As someone in a healthy relationship, it just makes me uncomfortable to see people <laughs> in unhealthy relationships. And thus why you probably aren't a big teen mom fan because I, it's just endless unhealthy I, relationships. I like at one point Andrew walked in like he came home from work and he, I was watching it and it was like a Janelle and Barbara screaming fight and I was almost like embarrassed that I had it on I was like I'm so sorry <laughs> like this is like this is what I'm doing because it's like so right. much um okay so then she her friends ask her about what happened with like leaving Joe's house and she talks about how the cops came and she like is definitely kind of hiding the fact that her mom called the cops until they like directly ask her she's like the cops came and they're like why did the cops come she's like because he wouldn't give me my stuff and they're like yeah but who called the cops and she's like well my mom did because I think That's they're like true. it's not that big a deal deal girl yeah, and I just think in general, calling the cops ain't cool. I mean, yeah. You know, so people are like, why the fuck would you involve the cops in your shit? That's Although, I mean, the cops rolling up to, like, Joe's fancy-ass neighborhood, that was, like, a nice house. That's true. That's I'm sure it's, point. like, they weren't, you know, it's, like, probably 
not gonna escalate. I mean, and the cops didn't escalate anything. They were like, oh yeah, we're not gonna do anything. And they like just laugh. They're like, you guys have to work it out amongst yourselves. And a different time when those issues weren't nearly as present in people's minds either. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, so yeah, the cops didn't do anything. And so she says that Isaac is with Joe right now, but she's worried that he might try and keep Isaac from her. This turns out to be completely unfounded. Yeah, I think sometimes she really tries to, I think it was part of her just trying to paint. Because I don't think Joe is really all that bad at the guy, a guy and all of I mean, he's this. like definitely like, a dick. Yeah. But he's like not a bad dad and he's not like a, he, they're not, and I mean like, you know, I don't know, like obviously they have their issues with their co-parenting here and there as time goes on but in general it seems like they have been able to maintain a pretty healthy co-parenting relationship where they can both be like present in their child's life and their kids have seemed to grow up pretty well like to the benefit of it yeah and I mean I feel like all of their arguments since they got over each other have been very much focused just on like him wanting what's best for the kid and Kale maybe like making Mm -hmm. a choice that was a little erratic and not the best for the kids (laughs) yeah so um so then in the next scene, Kale says that she has work tonight and she's really upset with all the drama about Joe. She texts him, but he hasn't texted her back at all yet. Um, oh, and then she says that her, here we kind of, we already touched on this, but she says her mom's been really supportive. Um, and so then here we are at Joe's parents' house. I like it specifically says in the Chiron, it's like Joe's parents' house. Uh, because Joe keeps fucking saying, get out of my house, get out of my house at one point. I really That's want- right goes the fuck down until you're are you paying rent do you have a yeah. mortgage on this place like sh- shut the fuck up joe chill out pay, pay a bill joe <laughs> all right so isaac is napping uh we um are at joe's parents house and then joe's parents have him sit down and they want to talk to joe about everything that's going on so his mom janet i think was her name yeah. Um, says that she's concerned after everything that happened with him and Kale. And like, okay, Janet, on one side of the coin, I have a lot of respect for her because I'm like, she brought Kale into her home. Like, she wants to do right by Kale. But on the other side, like, she really lets Joe get away with a fucking lot. And like, the way it's like, she really lets him talk to his, the, the mother of his child in a way that I frankly think is unacceptable as a woman. You should like be reining that shit back in. Solidly agree. There was like, especially when there was one fight I saw. I think it was like later on in the It's first like, yeah, season we'll get to the where, end of, uh, I think it's the one at the end of this episode. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, he's just being awful and she's just like, and his dad, like they're both just sitting back and I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I, so I expect more from a woman. Yeah. I'm just going to let your son be a piece of shit. Cool. Yeah. Right, he, cool. so it's just like, okay, Jan, I like that you're bringing it up, but you know, you could have also said something in the moment when they were fighting loudly in your home. Um, but Joe's like, well, I have it under control. And then his dad's like, well, I want you to have your emotions under control and not say things that you shouldn't. But again, it's like, okay, well then say something to him in the moment, like correct him in the moment. Right. Like, you know, that isn't acceptable the way that he's speaking to Kale. And Kale, it's not, uh, not to say that the way that Kale's speaking to him is acceptable either, because it's not, but Kale doesn't have parents right there to like teach her right from wrong. That's true. That's like they're still point. teenagers. Like they still need to like, you know, there's still some learning to do. Well, also, I mean, just, like, have a little bit of extra leeway and compassion. Like, take, sit your son down and be like, okay, like, I know, like, she's real frustrating to you, but, like, you were raised in a really great household with two parents that loved each other. Like, you saw great examples of love, and your girlfriend is having to live with us because that's how much support she has in her fucking life. So, you know, like, just be kind. Just be good. Just, you know, 
get, be a little bit patient, like teach him how to, you know, mm-hmm. help her through it. Maybe if, you know, they have a kid together, but no, no, then they, I think they were, he was a little spoiled. I mean, he also, he's, he's, we can talk about him later, but he's, he's a whole little spoiled baby. He has like a whole rap career that like he <laughs> definitely cannot afford unless someone is funneling it and it's probably his parents. So, yeah. 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 Um, so his mom says her only concern is that she wants to make sure he maintains a relationship with the baby. And in order to do that, he has to maintain a relationship with Kale. Um, and he does, I, again, respect for Joe, like, and like the, you know, here he lays the foundations of what is mostly a healthy co-parenting relationship. He says outright, like, I'm not going to keep Isaac from her because I think she's a good mother. Well, yeah, that's true. And it's nice. Yeah. So I appreciate that. He does at least see that and say that in that moment. So then we're back at Kale's mom's house and we see Kale, like getting ready to go to work. She's getting a text on her Nokia flip phone. The love old it. technology in these shows. Love, I love it. it. She also has, someone has a Blackberry later on. Um, but it basically says, like, you can get Isaac the next day and I'll give you your stuff in a kind, like, a calm manner when you have my money. Um, and she's like, well, I'm relieved that Joe texted me and I can't wait to get Isaac back. So again, it was just like, you had nothing to worry about. Yeah. Well, and, you know, just again, Kale, all you had to do was like text the guy after your fight and be like, we still good for the handoff of the child Monday. And of course he would probably text back immediately. Yeah, of course. Like, I'm not going to be crazy and keep your kid from you, Mm -hmm. but she just worried all weekend because she's going to create a problem out of nothing. So she goes to pick up Isaac from his brother, Junior, because Junior is the one who apparently watches the baby, I guess. Uh Um, And then at one point, I mean, later on, he, Joe's like, you owe me $30 for the babysitter. And she's like, it's your brother. (laughs) But also child care should be paid labor. So I'm team brother. (laughs) But it's just like, so did Joe leave the baby with the babysitter and was like, I have to like pay the babysitter, but it was like junior. Like, it's just unclear as to how junior became the babysitter and who pays him. I do remember later on, um, Joe, she like fights Joe. I think it's in like season two. She fights Joe for custody about the weekends because like apparently he's been going out a bunch and she finds out that like Junior is watching the kid all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think like maybe Junior like says something to her, like he's like over it. And so she's like, well, like why the hell am I giving up my weekends if you're not even going to be around to be with him and your parents are watching him or, you know, so it's like, it becomes a whole thing. But I think Mm -hmm. Junior is like, I don't know if he doesn't have a life or maybe he just really <laughs> likes kids and I don't know. He's like forever this kid's nanny. Right. Um, and so then back at Susie's house, Isaac's rolling around on the bed while Kale tries to do schoolwork and Isaac's kind of cute, even though he looks like a little alien baby. Um, it's cute when he's like on the bed and she's trying to do work. So then she calls Joe and this is when there's the Blackberry sighting. So who has the Nokia? That was probably some production phone that they like was like, we'll fake this Joe text for like the the sake of the cameras. Interesting. That's my conspiracy theory. I believe I it. would. I believe that Kale has a Nokia more than she has a fucking BlackBerry. Yeah, same. It's like you don't but have six hundred dollars. I got a BlackBerry once free, like with my like renewing my like cell phone policy <laughs> okay, or whatever. Maybe. So maybe she it was like one of those promotions. Fair enough. Um, so she calls Joe. She tries to make sure they're on the same page. She suggests that she should have him Monday through Friday and Joe has him Friday through Saturday. More, no, Friday night through Sunday morning, basically. Um, 
so I didn't really understand this custody schedule and why Joe was like, yep, that sounds good. Because I was like, I guess because Kale has to be at school a bunch Monday through Friday and is going to leave the baby with Junior, I guess, because he's the babysitter. And so Kale only sees Isaac in like the afternoons when she's not working. And then Joe gets him all day, like Friday and Saturday. It seems like no one's ever seeing the baby. Right. Well, it sounded like Joe didn't want to have fun on weekends. Right. Because I mean, like, yeah, if your only time with the baby is weekends, then like, fuck your weekends. You have to spend all your weekend with the baby, which again becomes an issue later on because Joe does not want to spend his weekend with the baby. He wants to go out and do like, you know, young man stuff. It's it's a weird custody schedule that I don't understand. Um, And she also says that she should have the $600 to pay him back by the end of the week. So she's like, it felt good to have a conversation that didn't end in a huge fight. All right, that's the the foreshadowing. It's so funny because like when you watch the episode, all of her segments are just sprinkled in amongst everything else. So it like doesn't come up this quick, but like going through one person at a time, it's just like, all right, time to fight. Now Um, we're fighting. So she says she just got paid so she can finally get her stuff back, but she's going to meet her boyfriend Jordan today and she's excited to see him without the stress hanging over her. Um, so they meet at a restaurant. Uh, so she's like getting Isaac's stuff out of the car and he starts like fussing and crying. So she like hands him to Jordan to like deal with. And Jordan holds him like he's like a bomb, like just like out in front of him, which is Jordan, like, extremely so relatable. uncomfortable. He just, yeah, same. Like, I don't know how to hold a baby. When people hold me, ba- hand me babies, I'm like, what do I do with it? I know. But yeah, he's, he's. God bless him. He's so into Kale that he's willing to like deal with the fact that there's this like bomb literally that he has to hold, like the scary bomb of a child, but so, he'll do it. So bad. So they're in the restaurant and he's like, Oh, how's it out of how being out of Joe's house? And she's like, Oh, I'm relieved. I can be more comfortable, um, you know, like and not have to sneak around. It's so great. So then he asks about getting the stuff out and she says that she's gonna go with her mom to like get it. And he offers to go, and he's Kale's like, mm, that's not a great idea. The, like the one time that Kale like doesn't do something stupid is like telling this guy, no, we're good. We <laughs> the new boyfriend involved. Uh, also, at one point, Isaac says "dada," and I think he's just babbling. But Kale's like, that's not your dada. Say "mama," and she's like, oh, but he likes you. Yeah, it's cringe. I mean, in general, just the children being involved with all these other men because yeah especially if you're re-watching and you know all the things that have happened since that episode you're just like oh there's gonna be so many other men in this child's <laughs> life oh what a bummer <laughs> um so Jordan's like oh I'm glad we can spend more time together since you're out of Joe's house and Kale's like yeah I agree and whatever yeah all right so now here we get into it the good stuff so it's a dark and stormy night very atmospheric um, and Kale says that she has a cashier's check. She's going to go pay Joe to get her stuff back. Her mom's agreed to meet her. And there's a friend watching Isaac, who I guess isn't Junior. So apparently there's another babysitter that she has on deck, too. Um, so Joe lets Kale and Susie in. And Kale hands him the check. And she's like, here's your $600. And he's got to be shitty instead of just taking it and right. being like, all right, thanks. He's like, this isn't going to bounce, is it? And she's like, no. And he's like, okay, is it? Like, are you sure? Like, he has, he, like, he even pushes it afterwards. Right. Yeah. Um, it it could have been a joke, but the fact that he pushed it, it was not cool. It was, like, not good. Yeah. Um, so, Kale's like, okay, I'll sign it after I get my stuff. Fair enough. 
Um, so then Kale like tries to go upstairs to get her stuff, and Joe's like, no, no, I'll get it. Which then like I kind of like he, I don't know, Joe that came off as really shady. So I almost can't blame Kale for being like, mm, no, fuck you. Like I'll go look for my stuff now. Right. Um, so she's like, no, no, no. And she like pushes past him and she's like, I want to make sure I have everything. And Joe's like complaining and like, oh no, I like I want to get your stuff. Um, so she's like, he, then he's like, well, you're not going to go through the bags right now. And she's like, well, I think I have my rights since it's my stuff. And it's just like everything Joe did made it seem more like it was like shadier than it was going to be. And if he had just been like, like, all right, hang on a second. I'll go grab your things. Like, here's all your stuff. Like, you know, if he had just been chill about it, she probably wouldn't have even thought to like look through her shit and like take up whatever time she was going to take up. I, well, I don't even think she was planning on looking through it until he said, you're not going to go through the bags, are you? Of she course, was probably yeah. like, well, now I am. Like, yeah, what did you do like, to my bag? What'd you take? Yeah. Um, so she's like, well, I want to make sure I have everything. And Joe's like yelling and telling her to get the fuck out. And of course he says, get the fuck out of my house. Get out of my house. All this shit. And then, you know, she like, it was just like, has her shit. She's like lugging it all downstairs. And then he's like, all right, sign this check. And she's like, well, I will if you say it nicer. But it's just like, starts to escalate. Like Joe's yeah. yelling. They're yelling. All the parents are right there. Joe's calling her like a fucking bitch and all this shit. And his mom is not intervening. Don't let your son call his, the mother of his child a bitch. I don't I care mean, who you are. I don't care how in the wrong the mother of the child is. I don't care if she is a bitch. You talk shit behind her back. You do not let him right. say that to her face. Well, and I mean, especially that they didn't intervene, like the second that he was being like antagonistic and shitty, like mm -hmm. no matter how, because I think there was a little bit of that on Kale's side too, but I think she was giving it back. Like, I don't think she brought that. I think she walked in really kind of humbled mm -hmm. and just wanting it to be over as quickly as possible because it was awkward yeah. because that's very much her energy too. Is she wants to avoid it. Mm -hmm. And that was a situation where like, you just walk in, but then he like started pushing back and she's like, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to go upstairs now. Like, because you know, it just, it's so unfortunate. And yeah. I think it was that weird passion that the two of them had between them that made them, you know, create a baby <laughs> is also, you know, what made them, you know, so volatile in that moment. Yeah. Um, so he's yelling, he's screaming, cussing. Finally, like Kale's mom and his dad are kind of like intervening and Susie's like, okay, we're just going to settle this. Like Kale's mom is the one who fucking settles it, who has more balls than Anna or Eddie. That's his dad's name, right? Eddie. Yeah. I think um, so. and she's like, we're going to settle it now. Someone get a pin and Janet has to go and get a pin. And she's like, sign the check, she signs the check. And they're like, all right. And they like grab Kale's stuff and there's like 50 billion bags that they have to like grab and like stage and put outside. And then my favorite fucking part, well, no, at this point, Joe calls Kale a bitch and Janet finally says something and says there's no need for that after she's let him go on for five minutes. Yeah. And again, he likes like, get out of my fucking house. So then this part is my favorite. And Kale, as soon as Kale walks out the door, he goes, can I slam it please? And he slams the door. Like you have oh, to ask buddy. permission to slam your door. Yeah, that's your house, your house. Though. Your house, though, right? Yeah. yeah. So then they they pack the stuff up into uh, their cars in the rain, and that's the end of Kale's segment. Yeah, that's you know that feels like a very. It's good you chose this episode because that's a very Kale segment. Like mm -hmm. so many of her segments feature her like being at peace with her romantic partner at the beginning, and then like it devolving into chaos yep. for like unknown reasons, which aren't unknown plot twist. I think Kale hates men um, <laughs> at the end. It's just like, again, so many people with poor communication skills where if you just like communicated in an effective way, there would never be this drama. 
true. All right. So then we have Chelsea. Chelsea, this is going to be like a little, you know, like a lightener, a sorbet after the kale drama. Um, so she's like, Adam and I just broke up and the timing is pretty bad because it's my birthday this week. <laughs> she's such a, she's just so, oh, she's so Chelsea. It's so funny. The, this, yeah. like, the timing is bad because my birthday is this week. Exactly. Um, so then Randy is going to take her out to lunch to cheer her up. Um, so he takes her out to lunch. They, he asks about the breakup. And Chelsea's like, well, like, I didn't think he was there enough. And he, like, obviously thought he was. <laughs> and yeah, also, and he cheated on you five times. Also, Randy, you are a gossip, sir. I, like, he, Randy always needs to be in the middle I of have to the hot goss. And gotta I, respect it kills me. Randy's nosy oh. nature. He's so funny. <laughs> I mean, he's like, you know, he's like a shady bitch. And I, again, like, he's no angel, but like, he's yeah. hilarious. No, he is. Also, because because this scene isn't in the episode, um, when we watched the, that one episode together, and I was yes. like, Aubrey is just baby Randy with no <laughs> facial hair. And there is that scene where they were on the playground, and it just kept switching between Randy's face <laughs> and Aubrey's face, and it was the same face. Oh my god, it's so funny. It was so funny. So anyway, uh, baby Aubrey is super cute, somehow adorable, and the cutest fucking baby, but also looks exactly like Randy. Right. An anomaly. Oh um, so Randy's like, you need to move on and plan a life without him. Says that Adam owes over $2,000 in back child support. Lovely. Um, and Randy gets in like a little zinger about like, you want to have a fairy tale and a fairy tale has a prince, not a toad. You know, that's like he practiced it. I know. You know he was he knew home. the cameras. He was so excited. He was like, I'm going to get to call Adam a toad, which like fair. I would want to call Adam a toad too. If that had impregnated my daughter, um, but yeah. Um, so then in the next scene, we see Chelsea giving baby Aubrey a bath, and she says in her little voiceover, she's like, being alone with Aubrey is lonely, but nothing's really changed in terms of taking care of her since Adam was always out doing whatever he wanted anyways. It's like, well, then how are you, how are you any lonelier? I, th there's not someone there to occasionally give her attention. Yeah. That's, that's the only thing. So then we cut over to Adam and his friends being a nuisance and driving their non-street legal four-wheelers down the road. I know I sound like a 40-year-old. He's like, mm, it's not street legal. Look at these kids being a nuisance. And I was just like, ugh, I would hate them. But that's who he is. The epitome of Adam is a nuisance. So that's valid. Okay. So also in this moment, they pull into the parking lot that's literally across the street from the Red Rosa Italian restaurant where Randy and Chelsea just were. Uh -huh. So do you think like the production team was like, we're just going to camp right here. And Adam, if you can meet us over here so we can get your shots talking about Chelsea, that'd be great. A hundred percent. I feel like I truly have figured out, like, the teen mom production mindset. I think you have. It sounds also, like you've got it. in this moment, I notice a radio shack in the distance. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> it's like, I know that this was, like, 2011 or filmed probably in 2010, but do you also think that they just had, like, the radio shack because it's South Dakota and they're behind on the times? A thousand percent. Okay, good. I didn't know how many radio shacks were probably still around in 2011. I, that was the only one, maybe. <laughs> the last one. The last. Um, so then Adam's friend, who's also Randy, uh, asked him how he's doing. He's like, yeah, I mean, me and Chelsea broke up, but this time it's probably serious since I moved my stuff out of her house. Except for your, like, fucking car that's in her driveway that you don't seem to care about. And your engine. <laughs> yeah, the engine that's in the, her the garage. The mysterious engine. <laughs> the toolbox or whatever. Yeah. 
Um, so Randy, Randy, the, the kid, Randy, the Randalicious. Teen. No, that's, that's Papa Randalicious. Oh, that's pop. That's right. Randy, the kid, Randy, the teen, Randy, the nuisance. <laughs> Randy the nuisance. <laughs> um, it's like, oh, well, did you break up with her? He's like, well, kind of. And he says that he didn't, he told her that he didn't want to be with her anymore. And she agreed or like, he didn't want this anymore. And she agreed. Um, and it's like, yeah, I mean, she was always fighting and Chelsea was too controlling and, she wanted me home every night, and I don't have to be home every damn night. It's like, you have a fucking child. Yeah, you know, she was too controlling. She didn't want me cheating on her. I mean, I guess. she, like, asked me where I was going. She wanted to know, like, you know, how my day had been. <laughs> She's like, well, didn't she go cry to her dad um, and says that her dad probably hates him and because he's, oh, Chelsea would go and tell me all, or tell him all the things that I did wrong, but never say anything she did. <laughs> shit and also like what did she do i know that she cheated on him at one point but it was like i think after he probably cheated on her three times and honestly like what even like was cheating and his definition like did she like hold hands with a guy because i can't imagine chelsea was just like out like banging all these randos i, I could see chelsea like having sex with a guy at a party to get back at adam I mean, maybe, but it was also early on in their relationship from what I understand I don't and know. when they were I mean, broken up. I don't know. I mean, like, I, yeah, I'm sure like Adam is, Adam is obviously the piece of shit here, but like, right. I'm just saying like, I could see her being like, oh, fuck Adam, he cheated on me, like, and sleeping with some guy at a party. Because wasn't she like, kind of like the mean girl type in high school? I feel like I could see that. I remember, like, maybe I think I remember from her 16 and pregnant, like, she was like, a teen, like maybe a cheerleader? Or on I the know, dance team or something the cheerleaders i remember like in oh, the, no that in was farah in the season finale she's like no one thought that i was going to be a good mom so i didn't know if maybe she was just like you know the popular like pretty girl that they like never thought that was like partying i don't know well i could definitely see if she was one of the popular girls everyone turning their back on her the second she got pregnant oh, yeah, so sure. that would totally track um, but anyway, Adam says that ridiculous shit. But then he also says, like, well, I can't blame him for being protective because I'll probably be protective of Aubrey when she gets older. It's like, yeah. Foreshadowing. Right. He won't. <laughs> um, so then we have the next scene. Chelsea says in a voiceover that when she was with Adam, it was hard to hang out with her friend Megan. But now that he's gone, she's hoping they can hang out again. Poor Fucking Megan. Poor Megan. Yeah. Poor Megan, who had a free place to live. All she had right. to do was help take care of her friend's baby, who she already loved. And this fucking asshole guy moves in, treats her like a piece of shit. When Papa Randalicious is like, yeah, fuck Adam. He's not supposed to be here. If he wants to stay here, he can pay rent. Adam's response is, we'll make Megan pay rent. Right. I mean, come in and been like, no, Megan doesn't have to pay rent. Megan is here on my dime. You pay rent. Right. But no yeah. one stuck up for poor Megan. And I don't think they're friends anymore. No, if I, I never I, see her around. Yeah, because of course she was like, fuck you. Like, at some are you point. kidding me? Enjoy your shitty boyfriend. Well, not at this point. So Chelsea walks downstairs. She plops into like this amazing double wide papazon chair. I want it. Yeah, she's always got really comfortable furniture, but also I know Chelsea loves to sit on a couch. I like, mean, so do I. Amber gets some shit for constantly being on a couch, but people don't give Chelsea enough credit for how much she's been a couch. I'm a total couch potato, so I had nothing against that. Yeah. But I love that pops on. Um, so she calls Megan, and no apologies, no uh, accountability of her role in Megan moving out. Um, you know, and yeah, she doesn't think that she had any role. She thought that her and Ad, like Megan and Adam were being unfair and putting her in the middle. Um, uh -huh. So she just says, well, Adam broke up and I think we need to hang out. And Megan's like, okay, sure. 
And so they like make plans to take Aubrey to the butter butterfly garden together. What a forgiving friend. Yeah. God bless Megan. So the next day we see Chelsea and Megan and then their other friend Tiffany who has a baby, a baby boy who's like Aubrey's age probably. Um, and they take the kids to the butterfly garden and she talks about her breakup with Adam again, always. Um, and says so like a year ago, she wanted the whole family thing, but now she's like fine because she worked so hard for it and it didn't work out. So it'll just be like, she'll do it by herself or she has her friends. Um, what I will say in the season finale, when they're like taking pictures at Aubrey's like one year birthday party, uh, Megan calls herself stepdaddy Megan, which is fucking hilarious. It's <laughs> <That is> funny. <laughs> Oh, Megan, bless. So then they take a picture on an old point-and-shoot camera, and that is nostalgic also. Oh, yeah. Remember those when you had to have a phone and then a separate camera to, like, capture all of your memories? That's right. Um, so then she's going out to dinner. No, not dinner. She's going out to meet her dad for dessert, just dessert, um, and she's going to hit him up for a birthday present. So she talks more about the breakup. She's like, I'm doing okay. Whatever. Um, but more importantly, she lets him know that there is a Lady Gaga concert, and she says that it's on her birthday, but also in, like, the establishing voiceover, he said, she says that her birthday is two days away, and I know that this would have been, again, 2010, when Lady Gaga was not at her peak, probably, but she was pretty fucking famous by 2010. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so if you're buying, like, and they had ended up with, like, floor, like, you know, up close to the concert type seats. So she wants to, she wants Randy to like buy those tickets within two days and he manages it. And Randy's rich as fuck. Money bags, Randy. I know. Um, so yeah, he, she's like, oh, it would be a super cool birthday present if you bought tickets for me and my friends to have a girls weekend. And like, yeah, and her friends. I know, two of her friends. And he buys her and the hotel home. room. I, yeah, and probably gas. Yeah, probably. Um, for her nice ass Jeep. <laughs> Oh, Chelsea. Randy does the dad thing. He's like, who's this Lady Gaga? That's <laughs> true. She's like, dad, you know Lady Gaga? And then she's like, oh, you know, it would be a, gr a good girls weekend. And I know damn well I need a good girls weekend. And I think you agree. And I need teen time. And then it's just like. Yeah, the guilt. The, 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 the spoiled. All never, of the above. I never. I could never. I was never. I would. I could never be like, Dad. I need teen time, and I think you would agree. He'd be like, "Go fuck yourself." <laughs> My dad would never say, "Baby." Like, that yeah. like, not gonna happen. Um. So then, a few days later, Chelsea's like, "My dad came through on the Gaga tickets, and even booked us a hotel room, and probably gave us a thousand dollars for yeah. like <laughs> spending <Yeah>. money." <laughs> Here you go. Just roll around on the bed in this. Like, have fun, child. Um, so they drop Aubrey off with Chelsea's mom, and then uh, Mary's always like, oh, have you talked to Adam recently? And she's like, no, mom. Can we talk about Chelsea's mom and how weird she is, though? Like, what is wrong with Chelsea's mom? Like, why are you not, like, fiercely defending your daughter against this man? I know. Like, I just, like, clearly you know what good men look like, like, you got together with Randy. Like, I mean, he seems they, like a decent dude. Like, they broke up at, by shit. this point. But still, it's just like, how, how are you, every time your daughter is like talking about something with Adam, why are you not shaking her? And she's just like, oh, well, okay. I mean, whatever makes you happy. I just am like, 
what it like what is wrong with you woman I know what's wrong with you yeah so and then they get in the car and they're driving and Chelsea brings up Adam again and she's like oh I don't think Aubrey even notices that me and Adam are broken up because he like wasn't there when we were together and it's like yeah no shit <laughs> things you wish you would she would like record and play back to herself every time not. she's talking about getting with him yeah. Um, and her friends are you're like, yeah, and Aubrey's <laughs> happier now and less stressed out because you guys are always fighting and you're not always sad. God, how much her friends hate Adam, though. Like, how many friends did that girl lose Ugh. to Adam? Oh, it's horrible. Don't, guys, just as a PSA for any women out there who are in a toxic back-and-forth relationship with an ain't-shit man, if your friends have gotten to the point of telling you directly to your face that your man ain't shit. There's no coming back from it. Listen to your friends. Because if he's not that bad, they're just going to bite their tongues. But if they tell you to your face, it means something. Especially if they're former reality TV contestants. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, moving on. So, um, oh, Chelsea screams like I just did into the microphone. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, oh my God, Adam wrote me on Facebook because he's a piece of shit and all men are yes. trash. Uh, I, yeah. Oh, sidebar. Like I just watched, we watched this weekend, both watched an American murder, uh, mm-hmm. the family next door, the Chris Watts murder documentary. And at the end they have these like statistics where it's like every three minutes, a woman is killed by her partner and nine out of 10 women who are killed. It's like by a man or like by her partner. Who's a man. And it's just like, a man. The, the sentiment was men are trash, which I like screamed at my TV. And then Andrew was like, Hey, I was like, you know they are. You know. You even know. You're yeah, my right. husband is constantly like, yeah, we're the worst. You're right. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so then um, Adam's message said, hey, hope you're having a good birthday and hope you have fun, Chelsea. Miss you and love you still. Hope you're having fun. Sorry for everything. Have a good one. Which is just like ding, ding, Have ding, a good ding. one. All of the like little like guilt and there's like, oh, hope you're having fun. Miss you and love you still. I'm sorry for everything. Blah, 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 blah. Have a good one. Have a good one. Oh my God. Piece of He's shit. Hilarious. It's, it's, it's satire. It's performance art. I <laughs> refuse to believe He's me. the Caroline but, Calloway of piece of shit boyfriends. Absolutely. Of daddies. 20 years from now, he's going to write a book about all the dumb women that dated him, no matter how terrible he treated them. And then we'll hate him even more. Well, then he wouldn't be the Caroline Calloway if he wrote a book. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I'm such a shady cunt. Um, okay, so then Tiffany and Megan are like, no, fuck that, delete that shit. And she's yeah. like, I gotta call Randalicious. I think this is the first time that she breaks out the Randalicious nickname. I think you're right. And so she's like, calls Randy and she's like, oh my God, Adam wrote me on Facebook. And he's like, okay, delete it. <laughs> and tell Adam to come get his crap out of your garage. Randy sounds so unimpressed with this update. Randy is like the best of all of her girlfriends. <laughs> um, so then they get to the, the Crown Plaza where they're staying fancy. La la. And they're like, oh, and look at the view. We can see the city from here. Uh, they get ready for the concert and their concert going looks are just uh, a thing, a 2010 little yeah. like teased hair, scene hair with like the highlights just resting on top like a fascinator of highlights. <laughs> a tiny hat made of highlights or Chelsea's oh, blonde so highlights um and so they like tease up their hair and their outfits are not that impressive like you're going to a Lady Gaga concert Megan's in a fucking t-shirt step it up <laughs> ladies but 
we see them having a good time at the concert. Uh, interestingly, there's no Lady Gaga music being played in this scene because I guess MTV couldn't afford the rights to Lady Gaga. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Um considering that it was I guess early in her career but yeah so it's just so funny because we just hear like vague background music and Chelsea's like I fucking love her <laughs> yes Lady Gaga and you don't see Lady Gaga at all no they could have just sent them to some random ass like you go to this this concert like I'm surprised it's not some shitty country band because that's like exclusively yeah. Chelsea's taste now <laughs> oh, god um yeah, I know a lot of people. So that was the end of Chelsea's segment. So the next one is Janelle, but do you want to save Janelle for last? Yeah, that might be a good, a good. Uh, She's always like the piece. favorite to end on. Yeah. Um. So Leah is the next oh, woman. Oh, yeah. Leah. This one is like kind of sad. <laughs> this this, yeah. old, this segment is going to be sad to talk about. Um. So Leah says, my wedding is two weeks away. and We've been so focused on Allie's health issues. We're nowhere near ready. So they had just been like, having to take Allie to the MRI and to all these doctor's appointments and like a second opinion because their first doctor was a piece of shit who was just like, eh, yeah, well, there's obviously something wrong here, but you know, you'll have to take her to a geneticist. Meh, West Virginia. Meh, meh, MRI, meh. Yeah. They have to go to like Kentucky is where they end up going to like take yeah, her. Yeah, I think so. To like the Shriners Hospital, like a real fucking hospital where right. they care about the kids. Um, so she and her mom and sisters, sister and friend, some random people go to a floral shop to look at bouquets. And honestly, like seeing them out is triggering. Seeing oh, people in yeah. shops with no masks on, just living their lives is like, makes me really uncomfortable. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. Um, so they talk about the, they talk with the florist about like, oh, the wedding's real soon. And she's worried that she has like the time and money to get it all done. So later, Corey and Leah are back at their house, which is a trailer, which I'm not saying to be shady because there's literally nothing wrong with living in a trailer, but I just want to clarify that they do not have an actual house with the foundation, yeah. um, but I will call it their house. Uh, so they are, Corey is being so adorable. I love Corey. He's, he's a sweet boy. I love Corey. I forget Alexis Nyers. Corey is the one I stand, although I don't put anyone on a pedestal because they're not perfect. Corey's That's not true. perfect either, but- He's like playing with one of the girls and he's just being so cute. And she's like, oh, you can't get away from your old pa, your old pa. And I'm like, you're like 23. Like how old I is know, he? I know. It's adorable. Um, and uh, yeah, I even wrote this in my notes. Like, it's like, I stand Corey's wholesome masculinity. And I even brought up the moment between him and his dad in the uh, finale at the wedding where his dad, mm -hmm. what a good role model for wholesome masculinity. His dad's That's just so like, I'm true. so proud of you and the man you've become. I'm going to cry. <laughs> so I'm always emotional. It's um, lovely. It's just beautiful. I really, I really love that. And I really love seeing that because like all of the other men in the show are pieces of shit. That's so true. Even if Joe's a good dad, he's being a dick in this episode. No, it's real. Uh, so Leah says in her voiceover that on top of all, on top of all of the wedding stuff they have to get done, they are going to take Allie to get their second opinion. Um, but tonight they don't want to think about that because it's their bachelor and bachelorette parties. Like, okay, damn, saddest, tone shift. Tone the shift. Saddest bachelor and bachelorette parties I've ever Ooh, seen in my life. It's rough. Uh, so Corey's dad and stepmom come to get the girls for the weekend. Um, also Corey's dad, except for his like weird, like goatee with no mustache look, he's like kind of cute. I think Corey's dad is actually known as one of the like, like the the teen mom fandom hotties, if mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken. Corey's dad. Well, yeah, yeah it's like okay, 
he's like young and like I think he's like recently like maybe he like buffed up or toned up a little bit too and there was some kind of like shirtless picture of him (laughs) that everybody was freaking out about and read it for him what's his name Jeff I think yeah I think so I am Jeff (laughs) um so he's like oh do you guys get your stuff pretty much done for the wedding and they're like nope (laughs) and Corey's like I don't even have a wedding band yet so they take the girls and leave, and Leah's like, oh, I haven't even had time to send out wedding invitations. So here's my question. Why did they, were they like, we're getting married in two weeks, like, if they wanted to have, like, a real-ass wedding where you plan stuff for it? Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if part of it, like, because, I mean, real talk, I don't think Leah actually wanted to get married yet. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, Corey, yeah. like, I think Corey really wanted to because he mm-hmm. just had that, like, ideal of you know he's the Chelsea of the story but also I wonder if there was some sort of health insurance implication for the children oh oh that makes a lot of sense because Corey has like a real ass job yeah or maybe like for her like maybe Leah needed health insurance real bad or something I think it's probably more likely with Allie and all of her yeah so I don't know if that maybe there was some sort of that could have been but it's just like I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and we'll get to this later on, but it's just like, then, you know, sign the paperwork and, like, plan your ceremony for a few weeks later. Also, it's like, I planned my wedding in six weeks, but my wedding was a secret elopement with, like, four people there. Right. And they want to have a real wedding at a real, like, venue and, like, a cake and a dress and the whole shebang. Well, and also, Corey was so insecure with his relationship with Leah because of the mm. whole, like, cheating, the cheating thing. So I think he probably, he really did force it through because well, he just yeah. wanted to, like, lock her down. And he thought that, like, marriage would give him more security, which you find out in the second season that, no, it fucking not, didn't. Not as much. Yeah. Um, but Corey says, you know, you should just enjoy yourself tonight. And Leah's like, I can't enjoy myself with so much stuff on my mind. Um, so that's just, like, going to be the, the, the mantra of her segment this episode. So then we see the world's saddest bachelorette party at Leah's mom's house where they're having a pure romance party. For sure. I used to sell pure romances. We're all pure romance toys. I recognized every last one of them. <laughs> oh. Shitty, body unsafe sex toys. Oh my God. Yeah. So I recognized that. And I was like, are these girls even legally old enough to buy sex toys? <laughs> I think they are. I think there are 17 year olds at this party. The mom, their mom who threw the party, who was also present, could have, but. Oh, well, okay, so we'll probably, we'll touch on this a little bit, but let's touch on this a little bit now, Um, because, you know, I'll bring up the fact that Leah wrote a book in the Where Are They Nows or whatever, but, like, okay, do you know what's going on with the book that Leah just wrote? No. Have you heard this shit? This crazy, Dawn is a crazy bitch. Oh, I think I have heard that. sexually exploited her daughter at a young age. Yeah, Dawn's not good. Yeah. You you get that feeling, too, with how just, like, Dawn seems kind of, like, pretty cut off from Leah and like all the shit that Leah's going through mm-hmm. and yeah yeah Dawn is like not great um but yeah it's not that surprising that Dawn uh threw a sex toy party for a bunch of 17 year olds Jesus Christ <laughs> Andrew literally just walked out of the bedroom for that He's last like, line <laughs> the faith he made <laughs> that was good um so they are playing a game where they have the girls put a condom on a banana with one hand and leah gets that shit done in like 0.7 seconds flat like that condom is on the banana new skill apparently newly Uh, learned skill then we see like a sad game where like they're blowing up a balloon and they like try to not let it hit the floor but they're all sitting down and no one moves from their seats and the balloon hits the floor and it's great um and so then after that, Leah is outside with her friends, and her one friend is like, 
Um, dang, Leah, you sure we're putting up? <laughs> She's like, dang, Leah, you sure we're fast putting that condom on the banana? <laughs> Leah just laughs and she's like, well, you know, I don't want any more babies. She's like, I know how to put that shit on now. I'm glad that she had that self-awareness. It was cute. That was a cute little yeah. moment. Um, and then we cut over to the saddest bachelor party in the world where a bunch of guys are surrounding a sad little bonfire in the woods. And then they joke, question mark, about using someone's gas from the truck to like make there's, the fire larger. There's no way that was just a joke. That definitely happened. Like, that oh, no. definitely happened. I have gone to enough redneck parties in the woods where gasoline was used on a fire to know that a gasoline was used on a fire. <laughs> that was, oh, not great. Um, one of his friends was like, only you can print forest fires, but I guess they still fucking did it. Yeah. Uh, and so then one of Corey's friends is like, well, you happy you getting married? He's like, yeah, you sure? Yeah, I, as long as you're sure. <laughs> And Corey's like, I ain't feeling stressed or nervous. We're basically married already. True. Sweet Corey. Yeah, sweet, sweet, precious Corey. Uh, then back to Leah's party. Um, and so one of her friends is like, oh, are you getting excited? And Leah's like, I'm getting scared, which not good. So yeah. everyone, and then her friends are like, oh, well, that's normal. Everyone has cold feet, NBD. Like, go on, girl, you're fine. And like that's everyone so in her weird. life basically like pushes her into this too. I know. And such a weird toxic idea around marriage. Like, I remember like being like a little worried that I didn't feel like I had cold feet before yeah. my wedding. And then I was like, wait, that would be so stupid to be afraid to marry someone that I want to be married to. Like, why you don't fear things you want to do. Yeah. So yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, I wasn't normal. Scared. I'm just in love and want to be married. <laughs> um, so Leah's like, well, I think I'll do it. I'm just scared. And this shit reminded me of Love is Blind. <laughs> <laughs> and they were just like, I'm probably going to go ahead and get married at the all. I'll probably say yes. I mean, I meant it this far. Might as well. Like, literally, Lauren's like, I'll probably say yes. And, you know, they, like, have the most beautiful, like, marriage, uh, allegedly. Like, that's what yeah. they put out on social media. We don't know what actually goes on behind the scenes. But if that's we were true. to believe what is to be put out there, they have a perfect relationship two years later on. So it's just, like, very love is blind vibes. Um, but... She's like, I'm, I'm just scared. And then, like, one of her friends, like, yeah, what if you miss out on something more? And oh, like, girl, that's good to hear. Helpful. Your bachelorette, not helpful when your friends like, well, I have cold feet, and you're like, that's normal, but yeah, you could be missing out. Like, oh, way to make her feel the worst possible that she could on her wedding day. Right. It's like you have to go through with this, but also, what if, what if, what if, what if there's a way better guy out there for you? Ugh. There's probably not. Corey's so sweet. Um, so then the day after the parties, <laughs> Leah's stressing out over how much they have to do, and Corey's just like hungover on the couch. <laughs> it's true. And Leah's going over all the things they have to get done for the dresses and the tuxedos, and Corey, you know, is just like out of it. And so he's like, all right, let's get the marriage license this week. Married, bam, wedding later. And so then Leah's like, well, I don't want to jump into it. He's like, well, it's not really jumping into it since we would have been getting married anyway. Right. And so Leah's like, oh, I mean, I'm confused. And it's just like, she really is like stressing and should not be getting married about this. Like, ugh, it's not good. Isn't she like 17? Yeah, I don't know. 17 or 18, I guess. Yeah. But I, yeah ugh. So she says that she's kind of scared because it's such a big commitment. And Corey's like, well, yeah, people just don't get married for the hell of it. Wake up one day and say, I think I'll get married today. 
Um, and they like argue over how long they've been together. Cause like Leah's like, well, it's only been three months. And Corey's like, no, it's been damn near two years. She's like, well, we were separated for five months. She's like, ugh, it's only been three months since they've gotten back together after all of this. Yeah, I, it's so unfortunate. I feel like if those kids would have just waited a little bit, I know. they'd still be together. I know. So Leah's like, I just want to make sure we're not jumping into anything. And she's like, I don't want to hurt Corey, but I have to be honest about how overwhelmed I'm feeling. So then she goes to talk to her mom about all her wedding anxiety. And she's like at her mom's house doing her makeup at the kitchen table for some reason, like has her little like vanity mirror. And she's like doing her makeup, like taking on her foundation. And she already has like a ton of black eyeshadow and eyeliner on. It's, right. it's strange. Um, so she's like, just, you know, talking to, about the same things. Like she's frustrated. She doesn't have her dress. Corey doesn't have her wedding band. She's thinking about postponing it. And then her mom's like, well, you, I don't know why you postponed it. You chose the date. Again, like, I guess there is some context, like, now that you said, like, the insurance thing, that makes a lot of sense, and I really wish there was more, like, background as to what's going on. Yeah, why did, why was it so quick? So Leah's just really stressed about it, and she's, like, she, again, she asked her mom, like, well, were you scared before you married Lee, who's, like, her stepdad? And Dawn's, like, well, yeah, everyone's scared before they get married. It's, like, I wasn't. No, again, not, not wrong. Not good. Well, um and so then finally we get some like actual like healthy somewhat I guess like uh, validation where Leah's like I just want to make sure we're making the right decision and Don's like well I don't care if it's the day of the wedding I don't care if it's right up until you're walking down the aisle I don't care if they call you runaway bride if you don't want to do it you shouldn't do it and we'll support you yeah I was like the one healthy thing that anyone said to her this entire episode and she was like well Anyway, I'm going to get married. <laughs> in one ear and out the other. Yeah. Uh, so the next scene, Leah says that things are really tense They t after they're talking about postponing the wedding, but the girls are coming home today, so they have to act normal. Um, so they just bring the girls back. It's whatever. It's cute. So then they, like, have to talk to their pastor. But since things are still up in the air, she has to talk to Corey about what they're going to do. So Corey's, like, laying down. I don't know if this is still, like, the same day after the wedding because he's still – or not the wedding. The day after the bachelor and bachelorette parties because he still seems really hungover. Like, just, like, <laughs> laying in bed, like, oh, dear God, woman, leave me alone. Um, and she's, like, well, she's like, should I call the pastor? Are we are we going to meet today or not? And he's, like, well, I don't know what to do. Like, and then says something about, like, we can do a survey to see if we should or shouldn't get married. Did you catch that at all? I didn't. It was like a weird thing. Like he was kind of mumbling because that's what Corey does. And Leah's well like, oh, well, we shouldn't have to do a survey. Like if we're not sure, then we shouldn't get married. And that doesn't mean that we can't be together. So now Corey makes it. Ugh, poor, poor Corey. I feel for him, but also it's like, <sighs> we could have had. Could have had it. So he says like, yes, it does. He says that if they don't get married, that means that she doesn't really want to be with him. And Leah's like, no, because just because we don't get married doesn't mean that, like, I don't love you. And Corey's like, well, I'll feel that way if we don't get married. If, if you, you know, like, get married, if we don't get married and, and we're still together, I'll feel awkward. I'll feel like you don't really love me. And it's just like, and she says, but then he's like, but if you don't really want to, I don't want to. The ball's in your court. So it's just like one of those things where you just, it reminds me of my My Fair Brady, where Adrian gave Chris uh the ultimatum and then it's oh, like well yeah. even if I like say even if I wanted to now it's you forced me to and then he does anyway and she says yes and she's like oh my god what a perfect engagement and I was like oh no girl no it's not good not good 
All right. And then that was the end of Leah and Corey's section. Well, I mean, they end up getting married and then they like end up divorcing what so within sad. a year. Yeah. Real quick. All right. So we have Janelle, our finale. All right. So she's like, Keeper and I decided to take a spontaneous trip to see his brother in New Jersey. She says that she borrowed her mom's credit card to help pay for food and gas. Uh, so we see them in the car together and she like whispers to Keeper. He's like, I have her cards. Um, <laughs> like the cameras aren't going to catch what you're saying. You're like mic's the fuck up. And then like the entire rest of the plot line is like how you stole your mom's credit card. So I don't know how like you thought this was going to be a secret. Yeah. But so she like goes out to get gas and Keeper's like put premium in that shit. So reckless. Such an asshole. I hope she didn't. Cause like, I don't think that does anything for your car if you don't take premium. No. Um, so Janelle says that her plan is to pay her right back so her mom doesn't get mad. But it's like, if you have the ability to pay her right back, you don't need to take the cards in the first place. That's right. So we see a montage of them driving up to New Jersey. They're like, get stopping and they get gas. And then every time they get gas, they get snacks. And I don't know how long of a drive it is to New Jersey. My guess is probably like eight hours from North Carolina. I would think, yeah, probably like eight or nine. Okay, let me search this. We'll do from Oak Island. Oh, smart. To, I don't know where the fuck Keeper was. She'll just say New Jersey or Keeper's brother, I should say. Oh, and it's like, fly there. You don't oh. want to drive that. That seems like a bad idea. Drive. What a hell of a drive, too. Okay, it's nine hours and 11 minutes, it says. So a little yeah. over eight hours. Um, so I've done, you know, not like I've done a nine hour drive before and it seems like they're maybe stopping more than what's necessary for, from what we see at their montage. Well, and also I'm sure Janelle and Keeper were having to stop and smoke hella weed because <laughs> hella weed. yeah, and then they have to get their munchies. part of their lives and then they got to get their munchies and yeah. So they arrive, they go to Kiefer's brother's house and Janelle gets to meet Kiefer's brother, Chris and his girlfriend, Jana, uh, Jana, the white girl with dreads. Yeah. Um, do you, you can just smell that room through the TV, right? Oh, 100%. Oh my God. Everyone in this room is so high. It just smells like grody hippies and fucking old ass weed. Yeah. Um, and so Jana is like our little exposition machine in this scene. She, I guess like the producers were pumping her full of information or like, here are the questions that you're going to ask or whatever and before they got down there. For it. She's like, yeah, so... Chris just told me a little bit about you. So you have a son? And I'm like, how does Chris the fuck know anything about Janelle? Chris doesn't know any shit. Right. Um, so yeah, the producers want to talk about this shit right now. So she's like, yeah, I have a son. He's one years old. And she's like, yeah, that's really cool. And he's with your mom right now. <laughs> and Janelle is like, okay, total stranger. Here's the custody here's, arrangement yeah, between me and my business. mom. Uh, yeah, so she basically goes ahead and just explains that her mom has temporary custody because her mom was going to take her to court for custody, but Janelle didn't have money for a lawyer, so she just decided to sign the temporary custody, and then she's going to get full custody later on. Of course, that never happens ever in right. her life. To this day. <laughs> but then Kiefer's like, yeah, her mom's a psycho, and Chris is like, parents just don't understand, man. And everybody laughs and by laughs they do that you know I'm too big to really laugh so I'm gonna chuckle Chris and Kiefer or Chris and Jana really are just like cartoon characters like everything they say is just so hilarious mm -hmm. so then they all go out to a sushi restaurant on Janelle's mom's credit cards dime I'm sure which also she canceled those cards while they were out at dinner because like that was 
what I understood from the phone call that mm-hmm. Janelle had with her mom. So who actually paid for that Ooh, expensive I, sushi they, as dinner that they got? I think <laughs> did they production dine and team had to had to do it. Yeah, really. I don't know, but okay. They all order the most basic, boring ass shit. It's like actually insulting to me. I hate it. Okay, <laughs> well, I wrote it all down. What do you expect? Okay, Janelle got chicken teriyaki and soup. She just says soup. She doesn't even specify if it's like fucking miso soup or whatever. Um, Janet gets shrimp tempura. I'm pretty sure that's how she pronounces it. Uh, and then Chris and Kiefer get the same thing. They get the blackened shrimp roll, the Philly roll, and the California roll, and I hate them. Yeah, I hate them too. So then Barbara calls Janelle while they're at the restaurant. <laughs> She's like, Janelle, what the hell is going on with you? And honestly, I commend her for like not coming out hotter than she did. Like she didn't answer the phone screaming. That's true. And Janelle's like, what do you mean? <laughs> She's like, you sold As two of my, sushi. I can't do the Barbara accent because it's so unique. She's like, you sold two of my credit cards. <laughs> you and Keefe, I think this is a big joke. And so Janelle is like, Janelle has, I mean, we know she has like her own issues, but I'm like, does Janelle have schizoaffective disorder or something? Because she's got real flat affect sometimes. Yeah, Janelle in general, I I was before we got started. I started watching Janelle's little like documentary that's now re-uploaded. It she uploaded it and then it got taken down, and like all the mirrors of it kept getting taken down because Janelle was like on the internet making sure her documentary got taken down. <laughs> so I was like never able to watch it. So I was watching it, and that's like the first thing I was hit by. I was like, man, this girl has like no like personality like there's Mm -hmm. just like she you can't tell when she's happy you can't tell when she's sad like you cannot tell yeah so I mean not to as someone who's taken about three psychology classes I feel very you know from my psych one from what I remember of psych 101 nine years ago I think she has schizoaffective disorder but I do remember like flat affect and like that never really like rang true to like what does that mean but like seeing Janelle I'm like oh that's what flat affect is mm-hmm. um so Barbara's like you're not allowed to come back home and Janelle's like well I'll be back to get my things and Barbara's like no <laughs> I'll have you arrested uh she's forever saying that she's going to have Janelle arrested. But I don't know, does she ever call the cops on Janelle personally? I feel like there's maybe, there's a scene, there, there's maybe one scene later seasons. <laughs> but I don't know if it's actually, I think she like calls the cops because no one's answering the door at Janelle's. Mm. And I think it was when Janelle was in her heroin addiction to yeah Yeah, I never saw those seasons yeah those are rough to watch because I mean like she's using on camera but like believing that she's hiding the fact that she's using on camera which is I mean it's so obvious Janelle like I mean she obviously still smokes weed all day because that's like her her drug of choice Mm -hmm. which no I mean like you know whatever uh but she deserves a little bit more credit for getting off heroin than she ever gets Oh, no, you froze. Sorry. Oh, okay. So I was just saying, Janelle, like, she, she deserves a little bit more credit for getting off heroin than, like, she ever gets. Well, and I think also, like, she is not the kind of person who is actually seeking drug use as an escape. Like, she likes her weed because mm-hmm. I think it does help her calm down. It's like she's using it medicinally, I mm-hmm. think, to a certain degree to help with whatever her issues are. But I've never viewed her as someone who, like, wants to get loaded. Like, she, like, has a big fight with Kiefer in the season about him drinking. Like, she does not like it when people drink in front of her. And I think that it's just, like, intoxication is not something she's really seeking, but because 
she needs love so much mm-hmm. from a man. Like if the man in her life is going to be using heroin, she's probably going to use it too. If that's going to be like a deal breaker between the two of them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. But, um, so, and then this is like, I don't like this. So Kiefer's like, Oh, tell her that you're not going to talk right now. And Janelle's like, I'm not going to talk right now. I'm having dinner. And so, yeah, it's just that mirroring of like doing whatever the guy tells you to do and just like, changing yourself completely to fit whichever boyfriend you have um and so Barbara's like what are you out to eat on my credit card and then she's yelling at her saying you ruined your college you ruined your job you ruined everything you're no longer a daughter of mine you'll never see your baby again so let's talk about how Barbara Barbara talks to Janelle Janelle, obviously, I'd like, again, like, I don't want to defend Janelle, who at this point in her life has had a lot of opportunities and has the means to go out and seek therapy that she desperately needs. But my God, talk about communication issues between two people. Like, Joe and Kale have nothing on Barbara and Janelle. No, that's so true. And especially just like, so watching the like it's it gets worse later on in the season because she gets more wrapped up into Kiefer and makes bad decisions because of Kiefer. But in the beginning of the season, it's so hard to watch because she's making like bad choices. Yes, but they're not horrible choices. And it's just like Barbara is so controlling. And the way that she speaks to Janelle Janelle is like so not the way that Janelle like responds well. And it's just every time they talk, they like escalate. And every time, and just like what kills me is like Barbara does not let Janelle take care of Jace. And every time she tries to do something, Barbara's right there like breathing down her neck correcting her saying she's not doing it right and it's just like I get it like you want the baby to like be a happy healthy baby but if it's not going to kill the kid or if it's not going to like hurt the kid like you need to let her like do it and maybe make right. it like yeah or if it is going to hurt the kid like find a way to correct her that she's not going to immediately like take offense to and like feel like it's a personal attack or an attack on her as a mother yeah because that's just like I feel like that's why Janelle spiraled out of control so quickly is just because like she probably had all of this shame that her mother was like building up in her about like how she's a horrible mother and right. she's just like fuck it like I found this person who's giving me love and I don't need to be a good mother when I'm around him so I'll just do everything I can to like be with him and make him happy yeah I, no, I think you're because that that just gets perpetuated more and more and more like watching them together is so painful because like truthfully like it's not all Janelle's fault. Like mm-hmm. Barbara really, A, didn't create good boundaries mm-hmm. in the beginning, didn't, you know, make the kind of demands of Janelle that would require her to be there and be present for her child. Like she was constantly picking up the slack and watching the baby for Janelle and allowing Janelle mm-hmm. to go out and do all those things and then getting mad at her for it, like setting a trap. And, you know, yeah, like it's what I get being mad at your kid for stealing your credit cards, but also if you don't have a good relationship with your kid. You're constantly berating her when she's in your house. The only joy she gets is from her relationship with her partner. Like, I'm not going to be that shocked if you steal my credit cards, show, no, show me no respect and like go on a trip with your partner. Yeah. And threatening, like she didn't do anything that would warrant not being able to see your child again. Mm-hmm. Like you take a child away from someone when like you discover they've been abusing that child. Because Yeah. Like, it's like, th- what's best for Jace? Like right. she doesn't ever think like you know, she wants to punish Janelle. And like, you know, there's scenes later on in the season where she's like yelling at Janelle in front of Jace. Oh, we'll get to that. That's like later on in the episode. Oh, right. And then getting mad at Janelle for yelling back. And I'm like, well, bitch, quit yelling. Yeah. So 
and I know that like there's other stuff in the family like Janelle has like a brother and a sister and that whole situation is like fucked up too from like what I understand Mm -hmm. um what I so wish had happened and this is just like you know like the stress the stress on the system like North Carolina I'm sure doesn't have like the best like you know like resources but like they needed a social worker so bad to just come in and like teach Barbara and Janelle how to communicate teach Janelle how to parent, teach Barbara how to manage this household and like with healthy boundaries and how to have this kind of like grandmother relationship where you can also help Janelle out raising her child, but like not be the primary caretaker. And yeah, like they just, they needed, and so it's kind of almost sad that maybe if Barbara had taken Janelle to court, the court would have been like, no, you need a social worker. Like we don't need to reassign custody. Like we can send in someone, but because they just like decided this custody agreement of their own volition, like they fucked themselves up and like, you know. That's true. And I mean like, who's to say maybe the the courts wouldn't have done that. But like, I feel like if they had put themselves into the system, they would have had a better chance of getting the help that they needed. Now that's true. Cause I know like the family courts, that's usually like the first way you get a social worker is that their first goal is always family unification mm-hmm. before like family separation exactly. or like a modified custody agreement within a family because that gets so fucking messy. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, yeah. And like Barbara, the fact that like Barbara, like it's constantly like, you know, it's like threatening to, she sets up like, you know, the whole child custody thing. She knew Janelle would never be able to afford a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And like, so you just setting a trap for this girl instead of like being like, let's figure this out. Like, let's actually work this out and figure out a good plan. And what's the best thing for Jay so that yes. he can be the mother that he needs. Right. Yeah. So that just makes me so sad because it's just like, if anyone needed a social worker, it's you. <laughs> I know. Um, so then back in the scene, Janelle has a little voiceover. She and Kiefer headed back home today. It's like, but I don't know where I'm going to go since my mom said I can't come home and she canceled her credit cards. Kiefer's like, man, this sucks. I don't want to go back to North Carolina. She's like, come on, Kiefer. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they get back. Or no, we cut over to Barbara's place. Ugh, this is so unhealthy. And she's packing all of Janelle's things into trash bags. And she's talking shit about Janelle directly to Jace, like addressing Jace. And he's yeah. like, one, like he's a baby. But like that, that so. shit, that shit sinks in and marinates, and like that's it not. Does. Great. It's not like she ever talk, like stops talking shit about Janelle, like when he right. gets older and can understand. So she's like, "Oh well, Jace, Mamie's got to pack your mother's clothes. I tried to give her a chance to come back, and she's got to treat me bad again. She's got to move out of here, and just like she's such a horrible mother, like saying all this shit, and she like leaves all of the garbage bags on the front porch for Janelle." So then in the car, Janelle's like, well, where are we going to stay tonight? And Kiefer's like, well, we can stay at Mike's beach house or like Mike's family's beach house. Uh, He's like, no one told me, or they told me no one would be there for the next month. Um, But I think like in an earlier episode, they had been like, we can't stay. We've been told we can't stay at Mike's house. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was already like, that's where they had stayed for a while. And I think it was already established that they were not supposed to go back to Mike's house, but they did anyway. And so that's the house that they're at two episodes from now when Janelle uh, gets arrest- arrested. And then Kiefer is not at Mike's house. He's down the street at his friend's house doing coke. And I'm trying to figure out if Kiefer like bailed when he like he heard the cops coming. And so he like bailed and left her there alone or if he just happened to not be there. So what Janelle says in that episode, the story that she tells to her friend is that she went over to Mike's house. I don't think Kiefer has a car, so I think she he dropped him off. Yeah, so I think she had dropped him off at Mike's house, and then she was at Barbara's house. 
So then she's like, I'm Miss Kiefer. Kiefer, I'm going to go to Mike's house. She goes over there. Her and Kiefer, Kiefer says that her car can't be there. So he's going to go drive it over to their other friend's house and I guess come back. And then for whatever reason, like someone, I think someone knew that they were there. Like, I don't know if Mike knew or if like Mike's parents knew or right. what happened. Probably uh, one of the neighbors. The neighbors, saw them. some shit, I don't know. But someone called the cops. But so Janelle said that the cops came in and she was sleeping and they had like, Kiefer had been gone for like five hours at that point. Okay. And then they were like, where's Kiefer? And she's like, oh, he's at so-and-so's house. And then they like put Janelle in the cop car and then they like took her to so-and-so's That's house. Right. And Kiefer was in there and they like went and got Kiefer and he had been like doing coke at the time. And it's like, well, where's, who's so-and-so? Like, was so-and-so there? Was like, did another person get arrested for like having coke out? Like, yeah, that's true. Or were they just <laughs> looking for Kiefer? And that was like, we don't care about the cocaine. Yeah, the cocaine is here. fine. We got Kiefer. We that's all we need. Kiefer because he was like, they were looking for him. That's like, it sounded like they were looking for Kiefer specifically. And so when they got to Mike's house, they were like, where's Kiefer? And Janelle's like, I don't know where the fuck is Kiefer. And that's why she was so pissed. Right. So I don't know. He got it's her confusing. arrested, but. But they, where he was. But anyway, back in the episode that we we're actually recapping, they go to Mike's house and they crash. And Janelle's like, "What are we gonna do?" And he's like, "Well, we'll just have to pay it back." She's like, "Yeah, I know we'll have to pay it back." He's like, "Well, we'll figure it out." <laughs> and so she's like, "Well, I have my financial aid check coming from the college." He's like, "You're you're gonna be back at Bab's place within a week," which is fucking true. Like they, yeah. she always lets her come back because they have unhealthy boundaries. Yep. So the next day, we have another juicy fight uh, to end on. Uh, she goes over to Barbara's house, and she says in a voiceover, she's like, I know I have to face my mom, but I don't know what I'm going to say to her. So she walks in, and she's like, I just want to see Jace, and I want to get my financial aid check. It's like, the see Jace, I want to see Jace. It's just like the little, like, you know, it's just like a little sprinkle. Sprinkle that in. Just so sprinkle she that in shit. whenever she needs something, and she needs to go to Barbara's house. And Barbara's always like, why are you here? And she's like, I came to see Jace. Right. And get my money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so Barbara's like, well, you're not allowed here anymore. And so, and Janelle scoops Jace up. So she has a nice human shield for the screaming that's about to start. Right. Um, Barbara's like, where are my credit cards? And Jill's, Janelle's like, I don't have them. So how much did you just like, she thinks she threw them out after Barbara canceled them? Yeah, probably. Because her whole thing is like, I don't have them. I don't have them. Barbara keeps asking for her credit cards back. And then Janelle's like, well, where's my financial aid check? And Barbara's like, I mailed it back to the financial aid office. And I'm just like, dear God, you just made my life so much harder. Right. And your own life so much harder. Like, why are you trying yeah. to fuck up this kid's ability to get out of your house? Like, if she was about to get an apartment with her financial aid check, like, let her. I know. That's what kills me is just, like, Bar everything Barbara, it's, like, it's punitive. She just yeah. wants to punish Janelle. And she yep. doesn't do anything that would actually be beneficial for the relationship <laughs> or like Janelle. So um, at this point, Jace like has gone, like she put Jace down. Janelle has like something in her hands and Barbara like rips it away. And it's like getting like physically violent in a way that makes me very uncomfortable. And like, you, like poor fucking Jace is like crawling away. Why yeah. the cameraman have to like cut to Jace? It's so sad. Um, she also calls Janelle's, uh, she calls Kiefer Janelle's skanky guy boyfriend. Which, I mean, accurate. Accurate. He's so skanky. He's super skanky. <laughs> uh, and so she says to get out or she's going to call the police. 
Chanel tells her to call the police, and oh, this is, I hate this so much. They like, call the police. I'll just tell them that all I want to do is see my son. And like, I she know. just turns it on, like flipping a yeah. switch, which really bothers me because I'm like, that was definitely like turning it on. And I, yes. I will cry at the flip of a switch like that. And I like, my dad, when I was like growing up, like he used to accuse me of turning on the waterworks. And that's something that like, oh. I could not deal with because like I I was like if I couldn't if I could turn it off I so would because I want right. to be able to articulate my point <laughs> um, right. but Janelle like as soon as she like she went into like victim mode so easily yep that's that's her uh, her thing her unhealthy dynamic um so she picks up Jace she's like crying into Jace she's like pushing Jace's head down on I know, he's like, like trying, pushing away. I yeah. know, and she's like trying to like push him down to be like, oh, come to my bosom child. Right. Um, and then like, she's screaming, screaming, leave me alone. And Barbara's yelling back at her and poor baby Jace is just soaking it all in. Yeah, just just being traumatized over and over and over gotta get again. That, gotta rank up those uh, ace points early yeah, on in the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so Janelle says that Barbara only wants to ruin her life. She's like, you kicked me out. You mailed off my financial aid check, which is like, yeah, not yeah. wrong. Like, she really is handicapping you, like, as you try to, like, deal with it. And, like, you know, right. you get kicked out and, like, you can't find a place to live because there's nothing you can do because you have no money. Um, Barbara yells about, you know, well, you stole my credit cards. Yeah. I mean, she did steal her credit cards, it's but true. it's just like so horrible. Um, eventually Barbara realizes that you probably shouldn't scream around Jace and she yells at Janelle to stop screaming in Jace's ear. Which lovely. Um, so Janelle puts Jace down and she starts like walking away and Barbara yells at her and tells her to, your stuff is on the porch and go be homeless. And Janelle says she, she'll be back for it, and she gets into her car and leaves to go fuck Kiefer, I guess. Also, Janelle, like, you could have taken your stuff with I you. Know, I There's know. no like, need for you to come back it. just to prolong this fight longer with your mother. That was the only reason why she said she'd be back for it, was to just make sure that the drama lasted <laughs> a little bit longer. Yep. So then that is the end. We get the sad, moody montage that always happens at the end of Teen Mom episodes where everyone's like, oh, sad, while there's some, like, indie music playing in the background. And that's yeah. the episode. So the where are they nows. So I, like I said, like, I'm, like, I feel like a Teen Mom expert now because I, like, mm -hmm. just have delved into the podcasts and the Reddit and all of the background so I kind of wanted us to just like talk about where they are now without like formally me doing like the research. So I literally just like wrote down everything that I could remember of like what they're doing and we can just like go through it. Okay, cool. Kale. We'll start with Kale. So Kale. So, okay, this is my understanding. So obviously she gets with Javi. She has baby Lincoln. We discussed how they got married at the aquarium because we think that's really cool. Yes. Can we talk about how she got married while she was pregnant and had braces? I forgot about that. I cannot forget about those pictures. That's a, that is a look for your it's wedding. Very sad. Oh, um, just wait to give birth. <laughs> just wait. Um, so then she, oh, she got a degree, right? She has, a, she has a BA. She's like one of the only teen moms. I think in like BA. communication. I think so. Yeah. Or so like that's like her media thing. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Um, she has four books that she's written. Uh, Pride Over Pity, Hustle and Heart, and A Letter of Love, which are all like memoirs. Um, and then she has a kid's book called Love is Bubblegum. 
cute. Interesting. Cute. Uh, she then, like, met this man named Chris and has been going around with this fucker for, like, the past three or four years. How long has I, it been? I, I don't know, but I think it was, like, one of those things where she was jealous of, like, all the fuckboys that the rest of the teen moms were getting with. And... <laughs> their storylines being filled with problematic man decisions and she's like let me get give me just a little piece of this and i mean she already had like problematic shit going down with hobby but but that was all kind of like i mean well, kind of he was con- he was controlling and then like yeah yeah it's just more low-key more low-key <clears throat> but so Chris, they have like this whole dramatic like relationship where they there's like domestic violence shit like that happens. But they've had not only one but two children together mm-hmm. now. Um, Lux and Creed. The names these children get. I, know. Uh, I just and like how I don't know. It's just like wild. Um, so they have that going on now. Uh, she has a podcast, Coffee Convos. That's not a right. name. Coffee combos with Kale. With uh, Lindsay Chrisley of Ev- Chrisley Knows Best. I was about to say everyone loves Chrisley, like the yeah. Todd Chrisley. It's like a weird USA reality show that I've never seen. Yeah, I've never seen that either. Except I reshared this meme that comes up or this video that comes up every single year where it's like Todd Chrisley at like high tea or something. And so it's like the waiter's like, oh, and what would you like to drink, sir? And he's like, I'll have a Coke. And then his wife is like, you can't come to high tea and have a Coke. And he's like, I am from South Carolina, where we will have a Coke for lunch or a Coke for breakfast, a Coke for lunch, and a Coke for dinner, and sweet tea in between. And I was like, (laughs) that's me. Solid. Solid mood. Um, Apparently, Kale was part of an MLM. She was with Cincy for a while. A lot of them have been with MLMs, um, including Leah. I'm sure you'll talk about Leah's MLM in a second. We'll talk about all her shit. Yeah. Uh, had a line of hair care, pothead hair care, where it's like CBD or like hemp infused hair care. And there was drama with she Janelle. Because she to Janelle because her and, and Janelle, Janelle set it on other. fire. It was so good. Yeah. Oh, I think she called it, and Janelle called it a peace gathering instead of a peace offering. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Janelle. Uh, what else has Kale been up to? So those are all the things that I remembered that I just like typed out. Any other good drama that Kale has been into? Um, I mean, not really. I think Kale's biggest drama is just always, like, the drama and judgment surrounding her pregnancies, Mm -hmm. because, like, for, I think, like, with the third one, she wouldn't tell people who the father was for a really long time. Oh, yeah, that was, like, a thing. And that, that, like, upset everyone, because everyone believes that's their business. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. And then, like, just, like, custody stuff, I know, with, like, the time that she took Isaac to Hawaii or whatever when it was like Joe's 4th of July weekend like Joe was supposed to get him on 4th of July because per their custody schedule he gets him for like the afternoon of 4th of July or something and she's we're supposed to be in Hawaii so like can he come to Hawaii with all of his siblings and Joe was like no so he's like "Mm, just take my fucking sons to Hawaii which is like yeah and like "Mm, don't fuck with the custody schedule I get it but also like Joe chill the fuck out let the kid go it's a vacation I'm pretty sure the kid would rather be in Hawaii than like wherever y'all live some lame ass and flat and boring delaware delaware yeah whatever the fuck um so then joe where is he now so i know that he met and married v who is way out of his league beautiful yeah they have their baby together vivi 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 whatever her name is little baby yeah baby v um he had a rap career 
So do you want to talk about that? Uh, I mean, he had like an embarrassing video that was just like him with like women twerking all over him. But wasn't he also how he met her? Yeah, Yeah, wasn't she like his his video vixen? Yeah, I think she was like his video vixen. She like played his girlfriend in a video and then I think they like got together. How cute. Um, But again, that was like totally a career that was financed by his parents and I don't think actually ever existed beyond his parents giving him money to produce elaborate videos that were terrible. Um, And now he like flips houses, right? (laughs) Yeah, my general impression of him has always been that he has never had a job. Yeah, and they like all flip houses. Posting him, yeah, I think that's what they all do. Is because like Gary Shirley flips houses, yeah, money. Though Gary also has the spike garden. I wish we were talking about because the spike garden is my favorite thing. Okay, when we do Teen Mom OG, I'll let you come back and you'll be my my fifth person, my fifth uh, appearance after five timer club. You'll have to get me a jacket. We'll give it some a few months after you come back in two episodes. Do tequila. tequila. Um, okay, was that all for Kale and Joe? Any yeah. other good good? Where are they now? No, I think that's everything. They're yeah, up to. That's pretty much it. Um, okay, Chelsea, we'll get her boring ass out of the way. There's like nothing here. I was she like, went oh, on, she- had a lovely life. Had you know, finally after she, like, years dumped went, Adam. Back and forth with her dumbass baby daddy for a while, and then eventually like broke out of that, and now she met and married Cole DeBoer, and she had two yeah. other kids, Watson and Lane, who are, both look like baby Randys. Yep, all, is <laughs> all of her kids look like baby Randys. Randys. And she's currently pregnant with her fourth little baby Randy. She sure is. Uh, she has social anxiety. I know that. Um, she's building a house. Continues they, to make like, questionable hair choices. Continues to make questionable, and interior design choices. Always. She's always had, like, the leopard print wall at her original house, which I love. So funny. I love the leopard print wall. Um, yeah, so, like, she's, yeah, and she has a clothing line. She did a clothing line Interesting. collaboration or something. Like, it's, the, you know, where she's like, I designed this, but it's, like, ooh, a brown t-shirt, like, hot uh, tunic. Okay. Ooh, yeah. this cardigan. Like, it's right. shit like that. Yeah. Uh, it's just boring. There's nothing, nothing to yeah. say about Chelsea. Pretty much it. She got a nice life. Got got some nice kids. Now is rich. Lives in. Yeah, I don't. Did know, she South write like Kansas. a memoir? Everyone else wrote a memoir. I'm sure she did. I'm sure did. it was very boring. There's nothing to write about. No, there's nothing to write about. <laughs> Adam was mean to me. Adam. Adam. Uh, Adam. Speaking of, so he Oof. had another child, Paisley, um, who he, he sure like lost all parental rights from. Like, I think Paisley was adopted by her stepdad. Yeah, I think so, you're right. And Adam has a drug problem. Yeah, Adam's life has just been, yeah. and I think honestly, just that, slid, in, slid into addiction. He made, like, he did everything he could to push, like, if he would have just, like, not been a drug addicted piece of shit and just stayed, like, a regular piece of shit, Chelsea was probably, like, had never met Cole or whatever his name mm-hmm. is and would still be, like, you know, deep in the Adam bullshit. I, but I think Adam just truly just went so far off the deep end. Like she couldn't even be attracted to him anymore. And I mean, he was such a terrible father. I think she finally like crossed that plateau of immaturity mm-hmm. where seeing him be an actively terrible father towards her daughter made her hate him. Yeah. Um, well, that's good. Finally. Yeah. Just like, ugh. Um, so yeah, I mean, addiction is horrible. I hope that he recovers, but that's, that's what Adam's up to. Yeah. It's rough. Uh, Leah. So Poor Leah. So she got divorced from Corey, like, immediately, because she cheated on him with Robbie again, right? I don't think it was that she cheated on him again. I think it was that she told him after they were married, she had cheated on him, like, I think, like, 
maybe right, like, like immediately before the wedding, right? Like immediately, like the night before the wedding. Oh or dear something. God, because she was probably just, it was, ugh, so stressed it was a cold out. feet. Like she was just scared, and she was like, "I'm about to be with this man for the rest of my life, and I'm 17. Like, let mm-hmm. me at least get my jollies out one last time." And yeah, it's so sad, yeah. it's so tragic. And so then, like, instead of them just like working it out, they just like immediately filed for divorce. And it, like, I think Leah got some bad advice where it was like, you got to file for divorce first before That's Corey right. does. That's right. I remember it being like she filed for divorce before they like talked about it, really. And I think if they would have, I like, I think Corey had been given advice to give her another chance. And then like mm-hmm. Corey got the divorce notice and was like, well, I guess like never mind. Like, Again, it's like the decision. it's the Romeo and Juliet of it all. Yeah, like they're talking to Friar Tuck too late. Yep. Um. So then she met Jeremy and married him like pretty immediately, right? Like within a few months. Yeah, I think they got married pretty quick. And then, so then from that union, they had another child, Addie. Too many childs with the same letter in the first name. Oh God, yeah. Like Gracie and Aaliyah and Allie. I don't think, thank God, Aaliyah, Aaliyah, the baby, who is now known as Grace, the child. Um, did not, I did not come up at all in their segment and thank God, because I wouldn't have like known what to call her. Like, you know, oh, yeah. this time they were also calling her Aaliyah. That's right. Just like she gave all of her kids the damn, same damn name. It's Leah, sure Aaliyah did. and Aliana. Yeah. And then Adeline. Yeah. Uh, so after Addie was born, she apparently had like a really rough birth and got, was on painkillers and then got addicted and also had a really horrible time with drug addiction Hers seemed to be mostly, like, pharmaceutical pill-based and not necessarily, like, street drugs. Um, So that was, like, I remember that's, like, when I was in college, I had seen a news article that came out at one point after she had, like, the really notorious moment where she, like, was holding, I think, what, like, her sister's kid? I think it was her niece or something. Um, And started to, like, nod out while she was holding the baby. Yeah. It was, like, literally, Leah from Teen Mom nods out while holding a baby. It's just like, oh, that's rough. Um, and I mean, even recent, like in some recent, semi-recent teen mom season, she's seemed like really out of it and still like not over the drug problem. It just seems to like not be as bad as it was. Well, there was a certain period where she was dating because I feel like she divorced Jeremy and then she was like single for a while. Mm-hmm. And then she started dating the guy, a guy who I think was one of her bodyguards. Bodybuilder. It was her body, trainer. That's right. Are you talking body, about TR? Yes. Yeah. And there was like some suspicion that he had gotten her back on drugs oh, because there shit. was like he had ties to like people also thought maybe he was like a drug dealer as oh, well. Shit. Well, he's um, also like black and is probably the only black person in that town. So that, that could may just have be... been some like weird racism. That's a good <laughs> point too. Yeah. Um, and then she left him and she's back with Jeremy, if I'm not mistaken. So she, and then she was with her like dirty John boyfriend. That's right. That they like moved into after their house flooded or whatever for like one season. Well, I forgot what his name was. Yeah. Um, and then like her and Jeremy, like were fucking around, but like, they're not like back together, back together. Yeah. Um, so she did lip sense. That was her MLM. And she was in some kind of cult. Yes. Or, like, that like, was what I was going to say next. Yeah. Was, not like. Yeah, I don't know exactly what it was, but some weird culty stuff. Um, and then she also did her like life coaching thing, stand yeah. in your power. So that's what, oh, and she has a book. She wrote a book, like I mentioned earlier. It's called Hope, Grace, Faith. 
because that's the girls' middle names. That's so annoying. Um, that's so annoying. It's about breaking their cycle of intergenerational trauma. It's like, mm, let the kids grow up first, and then let's determine if you broke the cycle. Uh, yeah, seriously. Uh, okay. Um, oh, and then I guess I sh- we should mention just like they did eventually find out what was wrong with Allie, and she has oh, like right. the one of the like world's rarest forms of muscular dystrophy, and is like the only known child to ever have it. Like That's it's right. some crazy shit. Mm-hmm. It's I- and it's like, dear God, how lucky! I just because this is so sad. It's just like I mean, who fucking knows how many other kids in West Virginia or like other these rural ass communities oh, have this form point. of muscular dystrophy and they like never got a good diagnosis because they weren't on teen mom and had the like resources to go I mean, to the next state. That. Well, cause I mean, that's such a, I mean, what a state of environmental contagion and, you know, people who have generations of like birth defects and shit because of the industries that their families were forced to work in. Like that's fucking West Virginia to a T. Yeah, I mean, not even to say, like, I don't know that 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 was the reason she had it, but just, like, the fact that she's able to, like, get that diagnosis and actually, like, you know, have that, like, moniker of the world's youngest child to have this is, like, well, how many other kids out there in the world have it and just don't have the resources to go to a doctor and get diagnosed? And, I mean, just, like, I do think it's really, like, fortunate, like, maybe there's probably some parents out there that at least, like, they get a little bit of comfort watching, like, this process that mm-hmm. she goes through because I mean it was really well documented like everything mm-hmm. that she went through even like you know down to the point that people were critical of her and you know how effective she was and you know taking care of her child and the different you know things that you know and tools and resources that were introduced into her child's life to make her safer and you know make her you know there's you know critique of how frequently because Allie has to wear a helmet at a certain mm-hmm. point because she falls a lot and she like wasn't putting the helmet on her and like that was a whole thing and then there was a wheelchair that she was yeah, supposed to be using and use like, wheelchair, yeah. never uses the wheelchair enough and you know how critical people were of that and that whole thing yeah um and then Corey Corey married a woman named Miranda and had a baby named and just Rick. has a nice life well the baby's name is Remington I know well okay, I hate Corey, that I know Where camo tuxedo <laughs> wedding it's just so so much it's, it's just like you I I, but I want to believe that Corey didn't vote for Trump but then when I know he named his child Remington that like really yeah. is the view I have again have no heroes they call at least they call her Remy yeah that's true but it's, uh, it's so bad but apparently name a dog and you don't even name a dog that uh he apparently cheated on Miranda with Leah at one point that was oh, a thing right that's okay. right I forgot about that and yeah. that like I think came out during like a reunion show yeah yeah even more messy <laughs> it's rough uh but yeah now he's like having a great life I mean he's got his girls is his his parents, girls his parents are nice I mean seems like he's he's doing it up yeah. all right Janelle 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 okay so what has Janelle been up to what since, hasn't Janelle been up to season one so okay she was with Kiefer, then she broke up with Kiefer, then she got back together with Kiefer, and she had a heroin addiction, correct? Yes. Then she kicked Kiefer and kicked heroin. Then she met and married Cortland. Yes. Who, and this was when Teen Mom, like, stopped filming, and there was, like, a whole year where Teen Mom 2 wasn't on. And so this whole-ass relationship of Janelle's was undocumented on Teen Mom, which is wild. Which is so unfortunate, because I think it was one of her most dramatic. Mm Mm-hmm. So they met, married divorced and she was impregnated and she had an abortion right she did 
And then right around the time that she was like, I need to have an abortion, she met Nathan, Nathan. who would go on to be her next baby daddy. They never got married, right? Um, no, they got dangerously close. They got engaged like in Barbados or something, but they never actually walked down the aisle. So famously, Nathan's first date with Janelle was to the abortion clinic. Which we, we may or may not volunteer at. I cannot There's, confirm or deny which clinic Janelle had her abortion at, but there are only two abortion clinics in Raleigh. And she did <laughs> confirm she had her abortion in Raleigh publicly on TV. So. There, there are only so many options. 50 uh, chance. We're, yeah. So anyway, but that would be, that was before my time of being. Yes. So I did not escort Janelle into the clinic. What a time. What, what it could have been, though. Who's to say? Who's to say? Who's to, I mean, Janelle has seen, most likely, the same protesters that we've seen. That's true. Because they're the protesters has, that go to either clinic, no matter what. She's walked up the same front, front steps. We walk every patient up. Who's to say? Who's, who's to say? Who's to say that she hasn't? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's great. Um, you know, love that North Carolina connection with Janelle. So, I still really have this big dream of um, going out to where Janelle lives and trying to manufacture a random encounter. You're going to get Jan shot. Well, I mean, that's why I can't go to the land. Like maybe like it be in the city and just like run into her and then strike up a genuine friendship and help this girl. Oh my God. What a fantasy. Be like, do that you want to go smoke goal. weed, Janelle? Let's go I smoke do, some weed. <laughs> I feel like if I just like keep some weed on me at all times when I am in Eastern North Carolina, I can strike up a friendship with Janelle and rescue her from Maybe David. that's what we should do like next summer. Instead of going to the lake and looking for a good lake spot, we should just go to just Eastern North Carolina and look for Janelle. Look for a good Janelle spot. <laughs> um, so then she met Nathan. They, she had her abortion date. Like, no, so romantic. It's so sweet. I love it. Um, <laughs> No, Janelle doesn't. How do we think Janelle and abortion stigma? Is she helping or is she hurting? Because there is one person in one of my Facebook groups who is like, I am so pro life. I am so pro life. I'm against abortion. But you know, when Janelle got an abortion, I was like, that makes sense. And I was yeah. like, extend that empathy to every woman. Right. Yeah, I, you know, I think anytime a woman talks about her abortion, it's positive. And Janelle talked about her abortion on Teen Mom. Mm -hmm. So I'm here for it. Abortion did not get broached very much on Teen Mom. Mm -hmm. um, even though, I, you know, we know Kelsey's controversial opinion about Teen Mom is everybody's life would have been improved if they just had an abortion. Except for maybe um, Chelsea. Honestly, and then, being I a think, young, I don't know, being a young mom, like, I think that, like, worked for her. It did. And granted, like, when I say that, I fully recognize that, like, I think they all made the choices that were best for them and I respect mm -hmm. their choices and I don't actually think like they should have had abortions, but I also recognize like even Chelsea, I think Adam would have been removed from her life a lot quicker that's, if she I didn't that's have true. a if child with have him. A chi that's true. That's I true. think she would have just moved on to the next and moved on to the next. I'm just thinking like next. she seemed like the type of person who was really like unfocused. And so, like, I don't, I feel like she would have been the type of person who, like, met, never would have taken college seriously, might not have gotten through traditional college. She wants to go to beauty school. Yeah. Um, I, she couldn't get her shit together to go to, like, you know, to get her, like, high school stuff. And I mean, I know that was, like, a function of, like, having a child, but, like, was she that good of a student before she had Aubrey? True. You know, like, because Kale got her shit together and, like, was going to college even while she That's had true. her kids. So I just feel yeah, like Chelsea, like, 
having a child really gave Chelsea, like, this is, like, my thing, like, this is uh, my reason to live, like, yeah. you know, whereas the other ones were just, like, you know, Kale obviously, like, loves her kid and, like, you know, wants to be a great mom, be a, God bless her, tries so hard. <laughs> yeah, she's not right. making the best choices, but she's trying, and Janelle's Janelle. Um, but it's just, like, I feel like, yeah, like, the others, like, they really had this struggle, and, like, of course, it was just a function of Chelsea having, like, a lot of privilege and rich parents that will subsidize her life, but right. I really think, like, Aubrey coming into her life, she's like, oh, my God, like, this is the best thing that, like, could have happened to me. I'm so, That's true. I'm so happy. And she's so, like, clearly she wanted to have a shit ton of kids because here she is on yeah. pregnancy number four. She'll probably have another one after that. Like, she's still young. She can still have kids. Yeah. So, you know, I think that, you know, she there are women that it's just like being a mother is like what they're best at. And she's she, a great mother. If she hadn't had a mother young, I feel like she might've just like floundered in school, like looking mm -hmm. for her purpose. And I could see her, you know, if she didn't get pregnant until she was like 25 or 26 saying like, I didn't know what I was doing with my life until I had my child. That's true. Like that's the only person where I could really see that. And, you know, maybe it just opened her up to be able to actually be open to meeting a good guy. Cause you can't deny that yeah. like, her husband now is like her partner and mm -hmm. like her person like they clearly love each other he's clearly a good guy who's yeah. like designed to be the kind of guy who will parent children that aren't his own at the same time he's parenting his own kids yep. so you know like what if she would have never met him because she would have just like married you know the she first guy that she like, met yeah, after college because she wanted to have guy. fucking kids yeah. right so and just like, I feel like her, her picker was off, like, and yep. she, like, you know, she was drawn to Adam for a reason. There's All probably, of our pickers were off at that age. <laughs> yeah, like, there's probably 10 million, not 10 million, because there ain't that many people in South Dakota, but just like, you know, yeah. there's like a hundred Adams, like, shitty Adam fuckboys in Sioux Falls where she lives, and like, that's who she would have just had, like, shitty relationships with throughout, like, her 20s until she found, like, a like, I feel like, you know, Cole, she was forced to find, like, a good man who would step up. And it's the only way the Adams in the world can reproduce because there's no woman in her 20s that is actively giving those men children. Oh, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so back to Janelle. So we're yes. like, we agree with Janelle's abortion. Yes. Uh, so, okay, so then she was with Nathan and then she had Kaiser, her second mm -hmm. child. Poor Kaiser. Oh, Kaiser is just like a baby. little nugget of adorable. He's so cute. He's like so fat and chubby and lovely. He looks like a little like big boy. Like he should be like holding up a little burger. It's true. That's so true. Um, and then uh, Nathan's like an abusive piece of shit. Like all of these men that she dates. Uh, yes. So they ended up getting divorced. Not divorced. They broke up because they never got married. So then um, how, do you know how long after it was, Kaiser was still pretty young when she met David, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, he, David's been an abusive influence in Kaiser's oh. life since he was like a toddler. Oh God, so poor baby. I mean, he's still then, a toddler. Well, he's, so. I don't know how old he is. He's like probably like three four? or four. Four? Yeah. yeah, I would say. Like, I fucking know. Like, I'm the expert on team. This mom. year has felt like it's 10 years long. Yeah. So I'm just Kaiser is actually 17. Yeah. Believe it or not, <laughs> Kaiser is 17 years old. <laughs> Kaiser's about to start college. I hope, I hope these kids yeah, go to college. Yeah, I, don't, yeah, I was going to say, that's hopeful. That's <laughs> real hopeful. I hope they make it to 17. Yeah. Oh, Viacom, MTV, if y'all don't have a damn trust for these children. I know. Coogan laws. Uh, I don't know if that's only in California, though. Um, and so then, oh, okay, so then she's with David. She meets David. She married, does she have her baby before or after they get married? Uh, after, I think. Okay. So they get married. No, no, before. No, she has a baby. That's, that's how Janelle does it. 
You gotta yeah. have a baby with the, kid, the man first. Alana, I remember Inslee. I feel like Inslee was like in the wedding, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Actually, though, I was watching watching Leah's wedding at the season finale and like seeing the girls like in their little like wedding baby outfits. I was just like, every person should just who wants kids should just have kids first and then get married have- so your kids can be at your wedding. It's so beautiful. That's true. <laughs> um, so you know what, like Janelle. I have to like give her props because I just said that everyone should do that. So she had Inslee, her first girl baby with David. I feel like that's like, she loves her girl the most, like yeah. as fucked up as it is. Um, and then they got married and they have been dramatic ever since. So David is like an incredibly unstable man who like threatens to like shoot people. And so then the production team was like, we're not going to, film while David's around because we don't want to get shot so (laughs) uh so then they kicked David off so then Janelle continued to film and then last summer last spring David killed their dog Nugget yes and so that's when like Janelle was like I'm gonna stand by my man and then MTV is like we're gonna fire you and then Janelle left David for a while and then she got back together with him because that's how it goes so tragic that she get, she actually started to look like a normal human being on social media after she left David. Like she was posting all these like selfies where she like actually looked like she had a personality for the first time in like 20 years. And she was, you know, like doing things with her life and, you know, reading books and, you know, just living mm-hmm. her life. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, we never broke up and everything's fine and everything's yeah. great. And the gaslighting. And now I'm going to do a weird documentary that I'm going to finish watching as soon as we're done recording. Um, okay. Yeah. So otherwise, what has she been up to? She, she quote unquote wrote a book. Uh, it's called read between the lines, colon from the diary of a teenage mom. I, Which I hate call it teen mom or call it a teenage mother yes uh she had the je the janelle evans eyebrow kits or incredibly tragic eye makeup line because i think it was like eyebrow kits it was just eyebrow kits and mm-hmm. they were apparently filled with like dirt and trash and fluff and like fibers and awful quality and all of the above um, and then what else? Uh, so you, you watched part of her documentary that she's put out recently with, it's like the truth. It's Janelle Evans. I have something to say, that yes. one, which yeah. cracks me up because that's like, if you're a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race, then you should know Jasmine Masters. Like I have, my name is Jasmine Masters and I have something to say. And she's been doing this YouTube shit, not YouTube shit, YouTube series like years ago before Janelle ever came in with her something to say. Oh, and she's homesteading. That's the other important thing about Janelle. Oh, she's now. homesteading. She's yeah, big on the homesteading. They have constantly some land, the land, uh, and they have a manufactured house that is sinking because the land is a swamp. It's true, the swamp. Um, and yeah, she's. They homesteading. had a pool that was apparently going to be a death trap for the children because oh. it didn't have the mandatory uh, gates around it. <laughs> She, uh, they have like some chickens and stuff, I guess. They do. She grows herbs and posts pictures of them in plastic baggies to prove to people that she grows herbs. Uh, she has her she shed where she smokes weed. That's right. Which which I I, I gotta respect. (laughs) I gotta respect. Solid respect. Um, and one thing I saw before I started watching the documentary is she does lots of, um, dead face, uh, TikToks that are yes, really, she does a lot of TikToks. So incredibly out. awkward. And she does, she's watch. very much on straight TikTok. So I do yes. not see her. Yeah. I've never actually, how much I love Janelle and want to be her friend in real life. 
I've never had her come across my TikTok feed. I just realized that you you're message right. Message her on TikTok and be like, let's be friends, come let's smoke weed. I bet if you were like, hey, do you want to drive like three hours to come smoke weed at a stranger's house? She's like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'm Janelle. Could I get myself on a season of Teen Mom as a friend? That's all I'm saying. A friend you know, of. A friend of. Maybe. Maybe, maybe you could. Uh, she's not on Teen Mom anymore, though. She got fired, remember? That's true. <laughs> Whatever show she's going to have, because she's very adamant that she's you, to get YouTube documentaries, YouTube shows. She said someone. I think it was like Lifetime or We TV. She said somebody yeah, had picked right. her up for like a. We TV has like the sh- like they they're the trash. They're the ones that had Mama June from from not right. to hot. Right. Um. All right, and then Kiefer. Uh, he's been boffing around doing drugs. He was recently yeah. in prison for like having a meth lab or something. That's right. Yeah, that's Kiefer like all just I remember. His best, best exact life you would expect Kiefer to live. Poor Kiefer. Yeah. Uh, skanky Kiefer. guy boyfriend. Kiefer. He's so, so skanky. So skanky. All right. And then does it hold up? Is it worth a rewatch? I mean, like, it's still on. <laughs> yeah. It's like so wild that the show is still airing. But I mean, going back and watching it, it's really funny to like see how dated the looks are. Chelsea's hair, Leah's hair, the mm-hmm. cell phones, the technology. But I don't know, I mean, like, it, it holds up pretty well. Like, it was still pretty compelling. I will say the one thing that doesn't hold up, and I know this wasn't the episode we watched, but fucking Dr. Drew. Oh, yeah, I didn't watch the um, finale or reunion or whatever. It, I remember back when the show first aired, you were like, oh, yeah, Dr. Drew, he's real supportive, he's real helpful. Well, I went back and rewatched the season two finale with Dr. Drew, and he's just, like, He's a active- queen. He is. And he's like actively identifying incredibly like toxic, abusive behaviors and being like, well, cool. On to the next. And I'm like, sir, you are a psychologist. What are you doing? He's a psychiatrist. Alleged. Alleged. Mr. Drew. Mr. Drew. Taking away the doctorate. Yeah. See, that's kind of, that's also like another reason why I'm like, I have to stop standing Alexis Nyder. She's like, Dr. Drew is helping a lot of people on celebrity rehab. I'm like, is he though? Absolutely (laughs) not. He's exploiting a lot of people on celebrity rehab. All right. So, but we've determined it's it's pretty good to hold up worth a rewatch. Yeah, for sure. All right. We've made it to the end. Um, Kelsey, do you have anything you want to plug? Do you want to tell the people where they can find you or anything like that? Plug tack. Plug tack. So first you can find um, Triangle Abortion Access Coalition on all the socials. Um, Tick tack is our TikTok account <laughs> and it's super cute. And you should follow us because we are good escorts that don't do obnoxious shit in front of clinics. I'm mm-hmm. not going to shade too much, but we are losing a lot of social media influence to people that do more shocking or exciting or funny things in front of clinics. And the work that we do is very real, um, is very serious and is very dedicated to the people that we serve. So give us a, some love on socials. Um, if you want to donate to your local abortion fund, um, I recommend looking them up. You can find your local abortion fund on the abortionfunds.org website, or just Google your state and abortion fund because not all of them are NNAF members. And um, I am really encouraging folks right now to um, be looking up the local bail funds in their communities because Mm -hmm. these protests are ongoing they are not stopping. But I think a lot of the media interest and the local interest in supporting these protests has waned. Mm -hmm. Um, And so folks are still needing your support on the streets. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you, Kelsey. Yeah, sure. Um, And then you can find the podcast at, on Facebook at Snapback to Reality Podcast. I'm on Instagram at Snapback to Reality Pod. My personal Instagram is at really underscore Riley. And you can email me if 
you want to, but no one ever does <laughs> at snapbackpodcast and gmail.com. And that's it. Thank you so much for joining me, Kelsey. I'll talk to you in two episodes when we talk about tequila, tequila, tequila. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about her and her Nazi business. All right. Bye. Bye.